Vanessa, why don't you introduce us? Do that with us. Oh, Hello. Now. There we okay. go. Sorry. I was putting no. my headphones on. So. Got it. I'm All going right. to introduce us. Well, that's sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, why don't you go with it? I'm going to make you this time. Okay, fine. So... I will make All right, fine. So, welcome to the VD Clinic. This is um, a podcast about stuff. This episode, we are talking about horrible, horrible things that we that are, we find incredibly entertaining. I am David, by the way, and I'm joined with uh, Vanessa. Hello, I'm Vanessa. And we have a special guest to this, to, with us today. Uh, we have Eric with us. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. So, we're here to talk about Showgirls, because... <laughs> Vanessa thought it would be a good idea to watch this movie. <laughs> well, I I told you, well, one, I, I love this movie, and I've just wanted to talk about it for a while, and I thought there's so much you could go with when it's, like, so bad it's good. Yeah, and that's true. this is an awful movie, yes, but it falls into that category, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no way you can hate the movie. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's so lovable. Like, you know, it just, it's just, it's just so desperate to love that you just want to take it in, even though it's like, you know, like some like gutter rat nastiness. <laughs> no, no uh, David, when I suggested this, I had, I didn't know that you hadn't seen it yet. Oh yeah. So this was my first time seeing it. <laughs> wow. I saw it twice in the theater when it came out. So I re- like I remember when it came out, and I remember it being like a big deal, and then it just sort of fell away as the years went by, and then like it kind of came back a little bit as like oh it's like this terrible movie, and I was like oh I should see Showgirls at some point, and just never gave enough of a shit to go find it. <laughs> what you didn't want to see decidedly unsexy sex scenes? <laughs> I, I, I legitimately didn't know much about the movie other than that it was bombed horribly, and people loved it because it was bad i didn't realize how bad and amazingly bad well they wanted to make okay so what happened was they wanted to make this movie uh the first like nc-17 rated movie right and so what what happened was it was there's joe Esterhaus who wrote this like very serious script and then there was paul hoven who wanted to make a satirical script and then there's elizabeth berkeley who had no idea what the fuck was going on (laughs) she was in it for an oscar I mean, oh. in her mind, in her mind. Oh yes, yes, she was. The only person who got, who got the whole entire thing was Gina Gershon, and she came out the winner. Oh, yep. absolutely. Oh no, yep. and she's the reason, like, why I love the movie so much. Like, really, yeah. that's what just like got its hooks in me. You know. Yeah. And yeah, so no, the movie. Yeah, so as a years, good. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, so anyways, as the movies went on um, through the years, it kind of like. It became like a midnight. It became like a Rocky Horror type of movie. Like it, it became like a midnight movie where people would just would come over, get wasted, and watch it and start laughing at it. And now it's become almost a feminist type like movie where people like like women come in and say how what a feminist 
you know, a piece of work this is. And I'm trying to wrap my head around that one. I was going to say, as a feminist, I don't know if I'd go that far. (laughs) Yeah, this is... Oh, my God. Like, oh. Okay, so let's let's at least, for the people who maybe have never... For you precious few who have not seen this monstrosity of cinema. And wow. I I never... I thought The Room was the least erotic thing I'd ever seen. Oh, that still is. (laughs) And then I saw Elizabeth Berkley trying to be sexy and i think my penis inverted like i had like a negative boner through this movie i think that was what happened because i was just horrified every time she did anything so granted i was also stoned off my ass last night when i watched this so this probably helped so, well i so, told you you shouldn't be sober when you watch it this this is true you can't be sober so here here's my plot synopsis of, of showgirls from what I think happened and also the crazy <laughs> ideas that were popping into my head as I was watching it. So Elizabeth Berkeley is Numi Malone, which is a terrible fucking name. And she hitchhikes to Vegas and she decides that she's going to become a dancer. She wants to be a showgirl because that's a thing you want to do. Apparently I, I guess. Sure. I don't know. I mean, she wanted to be a ballet dancer and then I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somehow stripping or I'm sorry, being a showgirl is the height of what she wants, but sure. Sure. And, and I have to say I danced for 16 plus years, ballet, mm-hmm. tap, jazz, whatever. And I'm sorry. The dream of any dancer is to dance in New York. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not Vegas. It's yeah. not Vegas. Not that it, I mean, it, granted, though, it is a totally legitimate dance career to be oh, in yeah. Vegas, but that's not I, I know like um, my stepmother's niece is a dancer and choreography in Vegas right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's worked her ass off to get there. But that was not her first dream of, yeah, I want to go to Vegas and be a dancer. <laughs> it was right. Still, I want to go to New York and be a dancer. And when you realize, oh, there are other options also, it's really hard to get to New York as a dancer, you know. Well, maybe like Vegas is like the B route. <laughs> yeah. Considering she gave herself the name Numi, I'm pretty sure this is just, yeah, this is, this is, this is her dream. So she, she gets picked up by a guy and she, who has, um, whose pompadour <laughs> screamed date rape. Holy shit, was that a date rape pompadour? You tweeted that last night. I was cracking I it up because I'm like, it is so true. And I think he's in Showgirls too as well. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah, it's even better. A small part. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So he gives her 10 bucks at the casino and then he runs off with her shit. And then she gets into a fight with a woman whose name I'm not remembering because I didn't remember. Oh, what was it? Oh. Molly. Molly. Thank you. Yeah, I don't remember. I was. I couldn't follow people's names because Numi was the dumbest thing I'd heard all day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So Molly Molly becomes like her best friend and the only person who actually gives a shit about her in this entire movie. And the only good person in this the universe. The only good person. Yes. The only the only good person in this movie, and also as we find out, one more casualty of Numi's fucking reign of terror. Well, she's also <laughs> she's also what they call the magical Negro in the movie. Oh, she, oh like, thank oh, you, mother of God. <laughs> thank you, mother of God. Even though it was originally written to be like, I think it was originally written to be like a chubby, like, you know, white girl, you know, but still it does come across yeah. as magical Negro. Yeah. I mean, it oh, really yeah. does. Her and, um, really does the, the, the dude, 
Oh, what was the dude's no. name? Oh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Plummer. Glenn Plummer is the dude, yeah. is the actor, but um, James. James, yeah, yeah. This, oof, this. Okay, yeah. So, so she ends up hanging out with her, and then meets James, and she ends up being a stripper, and then Molly works at the Stardust. Yes. I yes. Yeah. And so then she's a she, costumer. She's a right. Costumer. Right. And then Portrait so she ends up mistress. catching the eye of um, Crystal. Gina Gershon, who's the best thing in this fucking movie. Holy yes. shit. And also <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan, who has uh, the, the nice little fringe haircut going on. Um, that I also... Well, actually, his is a lot shorter than mine. And so then things happen, and it's supposed to be sexy, and it's really, really not. It's really gross. Just every <laughs> every time she does anything vaguely sexual, I vomited a little bit in my mouth. Um, it's spastic. It's really... It's really... It very spastic, Yeah. Yeah, like I, it was very. I felt bad for Kyle McLaughlin when she was like giving him a lap dance because I was afraid for his like organs. Like, I was really <laughs> afraid that she was gonna like cause him internal damage with her her mad thrusting. Um, it, it it looked like epileptic seizures. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Com- combined combined with dance moves, so it's like epileptic seizures. So it's got a rhythm. <laughs> yeah. To it. Yeah. Right, it has a rhythm, and somebody flashed like a strobe light at her, and then she just went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she ends up. So there's a B plot with her and James, where he's trying to sleep with her because he wrote some dance for her, and she doesn't believe him, and well, then that but... gets resolved later because yeah, that um, that was terrible. It got, it got resolved because he put her hand in his pants, and then she was on her period. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So she's like, <laughs> yeah. So exactly. she's on her period, and then she comes to talk to him again later, and then he's fucking one of the other strippers and then he ends up getting her pregnant and he ends up marrying her and then that's the end of his story because fuck him no 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 that's but see that stripper that he that he meets penny is the stripper name hope yeah but they rename her penny because nobody wants to fuck a penny (laughs) they they, they change it to hope yeah because she was penny yeah yeah but anyway so penny and james end up getting together showgirls 2 now is an unofficial sequel. It was directed by Rena Riffle, who played Penny. Oh, and it's no. kind of, yes, yes. Oh, no. It was made for $35,000. I, I, I doubt that because, I mean, it, I think you should take $30,000 away from that budget, and there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I can maybe up it to 10000 realistically. Some of those. Some of those costumes and things, even if you went to thrift stores, you know, depending on where you find them, might work up a little bit of a budget, but not much. But anyway, so she's the focus of that, but it's like her breaking up with James. And so Glenn Plummer has, he's barely in it, but he gets like this huge billing (laughs) because he's really the the only real actor in the second film, in my opinion. (laughs) So, yeah, it's kind of like. You see them like 10 or whatever years later and then she's leaving him because she wants to go to Hollywood and become an actress now. Yeah, that's Showgirls wow. too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so just, yeah, so it's Showgirls, like, except that they, she's in Hollywood and they wind up, it, it's, it's, there's words, words cannot describe this movie. It's, it, it, there's a point where it just becomes surreal. Like, no, like, it's, <laughs> it's just straight up horrendous. It really, I, no. <laughs> Okay, well we'll, we'll we'll get to that later. Sorry, that's sorry. Okay. That just had to. Yeah, so so that's James's shenanigans, and he's also yeah he's obsessed with her for a minute, and that's a. This movie is really fucking long too. It's like almost three hours long. Holy shit! So there's no, a lot. No, it's not. Happening. It's like okay, two and a half. 
No, it's not. 2.15. It felt like four no. hours. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> it just took forever. It was two hours, but <laughs> maybe. Oh, it was really long. So, yeah, so she ends up catching Gina Gershon's eye, and then that becomes a thing. And then she gets an audition, and then she gets into the show, and then she has apparently has sex with Kyle McLaughlin in the pool. That's not how sex works. She's literally <laughs> fucking his abs. Um, it was <laughs> more, the it's, funniest It's more seizures, fucking, except yes. this time in water. And the look on Kyle McLaughlin's face really just, even he looked confused. Like he wasn't like, he's like, I'm not, there's nothing happening here. All right. All right. You, you do you. Um, and then, <laughs> and then Molly gets raped because fucking, Oh no, I'm sorry. No. First she push, pushes crystal down the stairs. Yeah. And that's how she makes her. That's big how break. she becomes the, how she becomes the face of the fucking show. And then she goes to a party where Molly meets the, this artist, this musician she really likes. And then Molly gets raped horribly because of course she does. And then we find mm-hmm. out that she, her real name is Pollyanna and she's like father killed her mother and himself. And then she's been drifting ever since. And this was probably like the most in- interesting scene in the entire fucking movie, like legitimately. Like I actually perked up and like got really like super into the movie at this point. It's because it was almost the end. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. It was just really good. It was just Kyle McLaughlin was acting. I was like, yes, this is great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then she fucking ends up going, like she ends up beating the shit out of the dude who raped her friend. Cause yeah, she suddenly, becomes ninja showgirl. Yeah. Suddenly she, because she can dance, she can also fight. And no, I think that's because she was a street walker prior okay. to all of this in well, another city right so i like so, <laughs> still like ninja streetwalker she's basically yeah she really ninja is a ninja stripper, ninja stripper but yeah so yeah she takes be- the shit out of him and and then everything is okay and then she just takes off and then she meets the dude who stole her shit and she heads to hollywood and that's the end and yeah i have two theories about this thing or two really dumb ideas that I had while watching it. One being that this is secretly part of Twin Peaks and that Zach is actually um, Agent Cooper possessed by Bob and that's why this is happening. <laughs> also, I fucking hate Numi. She's a horrible human being and is just chaos incarnate. Holy shit. Oh, absolutely. She just destroys everything. Wow. Awful. She's always in a pissy mood, pretty much. She flies off the handle at like the... Dr- at She's- nothing. Yeah. He's either stupidly happy or just stupidly angry and nasty. Yeah. Like even when she dances on stage, like in show in the goddess or whatever thing, which is supposed to be her dream and everything, she mm-hmm. still part of the time looks just angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's a I think it's a story about a bipolar stripper. <laughs> Without medication. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like she couldn't afford medication and this is her story. Yeah, that would make more <laughs> sense. I, my, I had an idea last night for what the sequel should have been. Uh-huh. Which should have been Verhoeven doing, basically, telling... Because I know, I know Elizabeth Bank, uh, Berkeley's career basically fucking died after this movie. Just do that story of, the of you know, basically just the just be super meta with it and get her back to play, like, the older version of fucking Numi and how she went to Hollywood and she just... The whole thing, 
you know, she was on TV and she was big for a minute and then she got into some really bad movie and it tanked her career. Oh my God, that would have been the best fucking sequel ever. <laughs> Verhoeven could have pulled it off. Well, Verhoeven actually wanted to do a sequel where she went to Hollywood. Oh, nice. It just, after all of the, you know, the, after this kind of tanked, he never <laughs> followed through. And then, yeah, and then Rena Riffle tried to pick some pieces from that and make a, yeah, whatever <laughs> thing with Penny. But... I I agree. That would have been a, an, an immensely more interesting thing if, if you go meta with it. Right? Yeah. It, th- yeah. This movie is the least erotic erotic thriller I've ever seen, but it was entertaining as fuck. I, I can't deny that. Oh, absolutely. I'm oh, sorry. I missed that. Which movie was this? Showgirls. It was very entertaining. Oh. <laughs> well, as an erotic thriller? No. It was the wor- <laughs> It was the least erotic thing I've ever seen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it was okay. it was um, int- intensely entertaining though. Holy fuck! I mean, well, good. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just love this movie so much. <laughs> 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 Me too. <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, it's, it's, it's. I, I know it's. I know it's a terrible movie, and you know, I mean, if you if you know the history of it. Jenny McCarthy and Charlize Theron were supposed to play the roles of uh, Nomi, but they decided to go with Elizabeth Berkley. Oh, wow. I you think know. they even asked Drew Barrymore, too. Yeah, Drew Barrymore and Madonna. It was supposed to be a Drew Barrymore and Madonna vehicle. And okay, that would have actually been kind of good. Yeah. Like, that would have been like a legitimately like good movie. But the best part about it is they wound up with, of all the actresses they could have gone with, they went with Elizabeth Berkley. Yeah, trying to break out of the Jesse Spano Saved by the Bell era. Yeah, and she jumped from one to one hundred with that role. I mean, I like, I just, I mean, some women like, like some actresses ease into like graphic nudity. She just went off for it. Oh no, yeah, she, yep, she went for it, and I got to give her props for that. But <laughs> she's still terrible. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so. I wanted I I know we are all keep saying about how horrible it is. So I have to point out it was nominated for tons of Razzies, of course, but it actually won in for best picture. Uh I mean for worst picture, sorry about that. Worst director and Verhoeven actually showed up to accept that award. <laughs> I love I love I, that. I don't think that's a fair assessment. He should have won best director for this fucking movie. I don't know. He knew but what he also- was doing. Oh, he did. Absolutely. That's the that's the, the thing I love about Verhoeven is like he is very aware of what he's doing in his movies. So even if it's a clusterfuck like this, you he kinda you know he was he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, he, he could do a wink about there's like a wink with it. Like yeah. he's like, Okay, see you guys like Starship Troopers. Oh, you know, yeah. there's kinda like like a wink like a wink wink with that, like, you know, trust me, I, I get it. Yeah. It's like like RoboCop, for God's sake. Yeah. That movie is mm-hmm. obvious. Like he's very obviously making fun of '80s action movies and going, "Yeah." But oh my God, yeah, he oh fuck, this movie is so good. So just it, it's just too long, though. I think that's the problem for me. Oh, it's it just, absolutely it's so fucking it, too it, long. It is too long. I mean, you could definitely cut out some of it. Oh yeah. Um, but what? Everything is matched so beautifully. That, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Every oh god, just everything about it is just so it, it gets crazier. Like it every time I thought the movie had gotten to like peak crazy, 
it just it, it something would happen that would just take it up another notch. It's like the 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 show got progressively crazier as it went along, and then at one point they're just like they have like a weird cat fight dance off. Thing? Which I, I kind of love. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was like, okay, this is kind of the best thing that's happened so far. And then, yeah, and then she just pushes her down the fucking stairs. I'm like, oh shit. And I think I it's... looked away for like a second, and like all of a sudden she's on the floor. I'm like, oh wait, what? <laughs> I like back yeah. the movie up. I'm like, oh oh, she did push her. Okay, it wasn't just the dude, the, the girl like covering for her. Yeah, and you know, and this is basically the story about you know of all about Eve, except that was done a million times better and with clothes. So (laughs) I don't know. I think, I mean, I get like, they could have done, they could have done some better things with it Mm -hmm. and cutting some of the running time would have definitely helped. But I just, you just can't escape Elizabeth Berkley. Yeah. I mean, she did win the the Razzie for worst actress and worst on-screen couple. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's which so they just, good. Yeah, yeah. She just, you're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, what did you think was going on? Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, you're the the guy. Uh, fuck, the guy who wrote it. What's his name? Joe oh, Estrada. Yeah, it's very clear. Like, you can definitely feel like his weird, like, seriousness in parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then it's like it's fucking elizabeth berkeley like the scene when they're in the where she and gina gershon are having like dinner or whatever like it's really bad and really cheesy but then it like tries to be sexy at one moment and you're like this is not working at all what are you doing well because they're bonding and, over eating dog food right and, and that right was just, when like, they're poor right yeah. and i was like wait what and then like just ugh every time she like every time like and it was weird because like she would i under like i understood the uh like oh she's supposed to be like kind of turning on to the sermon okay fine but like it was like she was so awkward about it and then all of a sudden she just got like really into her like whoa you're stop this is horrible please please you're terrifying me please well, stop trying to be sexy it's bad what <laughs> theory i have about this movie is it's kind of like russ My- like it's like a russ meyer movie with just smaller breasts. Yes. And bigger budget. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. the men are all evil, like Eve, like the men are all, all evil, evil scumbags and or weak. And the women are like these like super dominant goddesses that are like just, you know, either like super evil, super good, or like bipolar. And, you know, they're doing injury, <laughs> you know, or like, you know, backstabbing each other, but they do it their way, you know? It's you know, it's I, I think that like he just watched a Russ Meyer movie and was like, I can do this. <laughs> and then just went off the hinges. <laughs> that's that that's actually a pretty fair assessment. I, yeah. I would I would say. Yeah. And um, guess, it, it it definitely it feels like a movie it, it, it's the first movie I've watched where it was like, Yeah, this feels like Vegas. Like it's just scuzzy oh, yeah. and really bright. And just gaudy and says like, ugh, all of this is just gross. Yeah, and I think he, I mean I know he meant to. I meant I know he meant to do that to oh, yeah. you know capture that that Vegas gaudiness. Um, you know, I mean, like like I said, I mean the movie. I mean the movie's made for like forty billion dollars, which is like what in American like American in today's dollars is like what sixty now. 
probably. So, like, they had a huge, huge budget behind it. And so, you know, you, you, the, technically, the movie's very competent. You know, I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's beautifully shot. It's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it, you, you feel like you're in Vegas. You know, the dance scenes are amazing. I just, again, the failure comes from Elizabeth Berkeley. Mm-hmm. You know, but I still think she, you could not have casted another actress in that movie to capture that movie. Because, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're making a $60 million titty movie pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your aspirations are a little high. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, I, even if, like, like Charlize Theron was in the movie, I don't... I, I, I don't think it would have worked as well as it did. I mean, you could not have made, like, a, you know, an Academy Award winning movie called oh, it, would, it would never be Academy Award winning. You know. But it would have been respected more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it would, but it would, I mean, how many respectable, like, you know, erotic movies have gone down the drain into, like, no, you know, into nothing? You know, and, you know, because they're, like, you know, they, they cast a the perfect actress, perfect actors... You know, it looks amazing, and then it's very well received, and then it just goes away. You know, this one was just trashy, clawing its way to the top, and just stayed there, and will never, ever, ever leave its peak. And what I think is interesting is that here, this basically studio threw all this money at Verhoeven and Esterhaus after they did Basic Instinct, and how mm-hmm. they realized, oh, it was that successful. Yeah, we can make some money with these steamy quote-unquote steamy movies but so you have showgirls and then what not even a year later they go to try to do they strip tease with demi moore oh yeah and and they go more the comedic route it's not nearly it's not looked on as nearly as interesting or as good slash bad a movie it's not that it's forgotten but people are you're going to give them a choice. They're going to watch Showgirls before they're going to watch Strip Tease. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, Strip Tease was, you know, I mean, it was a, it was based on a, a Carl Hyacin book. It had Burt Reynolds. It had to be more. It was, you know, it was... Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. It was a very well-respected, you know, TNA movie, you know? And now you're just kind of like, oh, you forget about that movie. The funny thing oh. is that both Showgirls and Strip Tease had the same choreographer. Oh, yes. And it had Penny. They both had Penny in it. That's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I know. I know. So, yeah. So, it's just kind of like, yeah. So, it's just, you, you just, Showgirls was the perfect movie. It's it's like, the, it's the perfect movie. And I, I know David's a little bit traumatized with it. But, you know, give it time to let it settle in. And you're going to be like, it's going to hit you. You'll be walking down the street and be like, Showgirls was the perfect movie. <laughs> well, that that is true. It, it does. It can take a little while for the the bad movies to sort of settle in before I can really appreciate them. Because let the it, room took me a couple couple of viewings before it clicked, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my uh, god!" I can watch. I the, the room was. All, I, I that's not even. Room is <laughs> yeah. The room is so bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's amazing. I can't even. No, no, it's not. I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. Thank you. It's so good. It's so, it's, <laughs> no. it's so it's so bad. It's amazing. I can't. I can't. I, I don't know why I enjoy that movie. I and I know plenty of other people who feel like that, but I just for whatever reason I've only seen it once, and I'm like, yeah, I 
have no desire to see that again. It's not, I love bad movies. I fully admit it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm addicted to them. Um, but for me to rewatch, you know, there's gotta be at least a little bit more in it. And I, the room was just a little, have you watched it with the riff tracks? No, maybe that'd make a difference. That, that helps. I mean, I watched it with a friend of mine at home and we were like, we were pretty three sheets to the wind already when we started <laughs> watching it. So that helped. But, which I would recommend maybe you do that next time with Showgirls. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they've started playing it, you know, at a different like midnight movie shows, except with like drag queens in the main roles, which I would You're love. About still, that's right. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Uh, it works so well. <laughs> but I bought the for the DVD, the 10th anniversary or whatever DVD set, and it comes with drinking games. It's meant for you to watch it in a group, and it has all these different drinking games like related to it. Like One, it's like this poster of Elizabeth Berkley, whatever, topless, and it's pin the pasty on the showgirl. So you have that as like a pre... They, they suggest as like a pre-warm-up to watching the movie. And then all these different... comes with shot glasses that say showgirls and all this stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy, and I, I kept saying I want to, you know, actually do that sometime, but I have watched it with friends, and, you know, to making the the commentary is, uh, is definitely makes it more fun. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like, I mean, like, going back to the room for, for a little bit, what, what, it, what, what I, like I said, I love bad movies, also, mm-hmm. I just, and I, even, the more terrible they are, the better they are. The problem is with the room <laughs> is that it's a, like it's embarrassing. Like yes, I like I, I don't like embarrassing movies. It's kind of like you're watching somebody's just embarrassment and humiliation. You know what I mean? Whereas with Showgirls, like everyone was oblivious. People were oblivious, but it just looked like everyone was having a good time. And then they presented it like, look, we just made the greatest movie. It wasn't embarrassing. It was just. You know, and that's, you know, that's the key to, like, a really, really good bad movie. It's just that, you know, you're just not sitting there seeking your seat like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. But Showgirls 2 did at least have some people who were in on the joke and ran with it. Yeah. I mean, yes, Gina Gershon chewing scenery like you would not believe. Oh, yeah. You know, no, she, she obviously she got the joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and it, it it seems like most everybody kind of got it, except for Elizabeth Berkeley. She just completely had no idea. And I and I I'm pretty sure Verhoeven did that on purpose. Like, oh yeah, all of everything that happens, all of her overacting. I'm pretty sure he was the one behind that. And I think he was just doing it because it entertained him. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know if he was trying to sabotage this movie on his own or if he was just doing it because he thought it would be fucking hilarious, but But, I don't know. But Russ Meyer did the same thing on Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. He totally never let the actresses know what the joke was. Like, the way he directed them, he never, he spoke about it as if it was dead serious. But with everyone else, you know, it was pretty much, oh no, this is, we're making, it's a satire, it's a joke, everything is ridiculous. Yeah. And that's part of what made it so good. So, I, I think the same thing here. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. Cause he, just... I think you're right. He probably directed her like to to get that, you know, no, I wanted to see more, more. Yeah. yeah. 
because like when she was putting up, you know, she was she was she was it was a ketchup scene where she was trying to get ketchup on her French fries, and she became just like it went from like it went from angry to hysterical, so then she threw the bottle away, and then she was <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you can see him on the sidelines like, more, more, Elizabeth, more. <laughs> I want to understand how bad you are about the <laughs> bad about. I, I, I do your remember stuff. her throwing the fries though. She oh, was, was really. Like, yeah, I think it was like her. I think Molly asked her a question she didn't like, and she just fucking like flips the, the table. Basically, I'm just like, whoa, what the fuck? She was like pounding that bottle of ketchup, and then she flips the fries that, as she's slamming yeah, down the ketchup. Just, yeah. Oh <laughs> Yeah, like I, this is like I, two minutes th- before she like screamed and started banging on Molly's car, like attacking yes. Molly's car, and yes. and then leaning over and throwing up because she was so mad. I don't know. I don't do oh, that. Oh right. I've never done yeah, that. I, I, <laughs> but, I was like, did I miss a scene where she was drinking or something? I was like, well, she's yes. in the casino. <laughs> no, she, that was oh apparently God. because she was so mad that she okay. you know, it just made her vomit. Which all right, I, I've never heard of that happening. But okay, sure. No, but okay, sure. That's if that's what happened. I. But remember, it's bipolar snowgirls. Like, no, we didn't oh. take her meds, so she's just like going crazy in her head. She seriously is. Holy shit! But I, I will admit, though, this movie is never not. Every time it starts to like slow down a little bit, something absurd happens, and it's just, I started laughing again because it was just. I think about it, like ten minutes in the movie, it's the first like the first big show scene, and it's the yeah. gayest, most absurd thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was just howling with laughter watching it. Was it. So and her gay. reaction shots to it were amazing. Oh god, it's so good. It was every every gay every, every dance sequence in this movie was the gayest thing ever, except for the strip club scenes, which were just horrifying. I love the strip club scenes. Okay, <laughs> but like I just I the the the, the all the glitter. <laughs> yes, yes. I kind of, I kind of love the strip club scenes too because they're so slimy. Like you feel like it is legitimately a strip club. I mean, I, the ones I've been to, I've had friends work in them, and I, it, and you know, even if you like, you're just like walk in there for a minute, you're like, oh my god, it's just. Captured the persona completely of the patrons, which some of these patrons seem like they have a lot of money or like high rollers, but the overall era of the entire club seems like this is like a not top tier strip club. No. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a friend's bachelor party uh, and we went to one of those, I think it was a body shop here in Hollywood, which is like this down and dirty, sleazy strip club. And I'm sitting there and we. I don't know. I've been to strip clubs before, and as a gay man, they can be fun, you know, because, you know, it's usually like, oh, boobs, ha, 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 you know? This one, this girl <laughs> on the ground, and she was crawling on the ground, and then she, like, opened her vulva up to me, and I'm just like, ew, who pays for this? This is ridiculous, you know? <laughs> and so, it was, I just, I, ew, I, I, I just, I'm not a, a fan of strip clubs, and, and with showgirls, it captures that, you know what I mean? It, it it captures just with you remember like the two girl bump and grind with Penny and you know yeah that Berkeley. was really like ugh. they just yeah. seem again so angry <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm yeah, like, like you're supposed to be turning customers on it looks like you're just no it looks like beta fighting fish or something get ready yeah. to kill each other that's all I can yeah. think of it's like why yeah. why are you beating the shit no this is not no. No, please. 
every everything that you're doing elizabeth berkeley every time you try to do anything vaguely sexy it doesn't work it's horrifying like when they were when she was doing the like when she was doing the oh god the the audition where she's like thrusting her pelvis into the air i'm like stop that's no no (laughs) just stop that for the love of god (laughs) no my favorite character movie also be besides um elizabeth berkeley (laughs) <laughs> it's Robert Dobby. Who oh, has absolutely. The most vulgar things to say in this. Like, I like. I want to know, like, if he was like mortified, like <laughs> when he had to describe his day at work. Oh no! I mean, like, I, I just one of my favorites is it must be weird not having anyone come on you. Like, <laughs> oh just, yeah, he just has the best lines. Like, <laughs> like how do you respond and, to that? Like. Was- I guess it was, it was, so, it was oddly endearing, uh, sure. though. Like, absolutely, it, it was such this odd, odd scene where she's like, they were genuinely happy for her, and he's, and he's yeah. like, "Well, it must be weird not having to dodge come." And I'm just like, "That's really gross," but I understand like the sentiment you're giving. It's which just is weird. Yes. <laughs> but I kind of like it. it there were those, there were these moments in this movie where you're like, "Wow, I'm really like I like the the honest the." I think the the idea of like good movie moment happened periodically through this movie. They were very few and far between. But I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, and then the, like the weird. Oh my god, the fucking. So Elizabeth Berkeley again doesn't understand how to be sexy at all because she says to fucking Kamaglakan at one point, apropos of nothing. I liked when you came. And I'm like, no, you don't just drop that in regular conversation. That's fucking weird. Okay. If you're, if you literally have just come, that's one thing. You don't just say it on the street when you're walking, when you're hanging out. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, that's fucking weird. And then she just wanders off and gets naked in the pool and leads to that hilarity. Which, oh, God. That scene was way longer than I expected it to be. Yeah. There was a lot of not fucking in the pool and like she blew him underwater which was like what can she do that i i know i'm like (laughs) it's exactly what i'm thinking is that i'm sorry but i i I think even if you're a great swimmer and can hold your breath for a while i'm just the logistics of that i'm like someone's gonna be uh you know doing mouth-to-mouth resuscitation or calling 911 right can you imagine she comes up like floating dead in the pool like Uh, oh my god this movie uh oh. i mean like like it's just it's just it's it's a great it's a great movie just because, i mean it, it it it's horribly written it's a, it's well shot i'm just i'm i'm just, you know like like the, the movie slowly falls on the, the elizabeth berkeley as a disconnect um yeah. like i think it was two years ago she finally accepted the movie into her heart and hosted a showgirl screening at the hollywood forever cemetery Oh, and, nice, nice. Yeah, and she finally, she was just like, you know, she came to, she came at peace with this movie. It was like, oh my girl, you like did a titty movie. You didn't like, you know, <laughs> like you didn't find Jesus. Like she was like giving this like inspirational speech about just like you know, you know, this movie. Like you know, like how she came to peace with it finally, and she's here to present it for you today. And it was just like, okay, <laughs> calm down it's a like little you, bit. You were in a bad movie. Yeah, in the mid nineties. <laughs> it's okay. We've moved on. And there have been, been a lot more. What's up? 
It got her the first live. Cl- it got her the first Wives Club movie too. Oh, Ex- oh there you go. yeah, it did. They felt sorry for her. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, I forget who it was that said, "I want to give her this audition because I think she got a bad rap for that movie." Yeah, I, I forget who it was, but I, huh. that's how it got. That got her the audition. Oh wow! Has she been in anything else since then? Like, um, honestly... she's here and there. Okay. Yeah. Right now, she's a writer for. Uh, uh, she's a writer for uh, teenage uh, for teenage girls, like empowering book for teenage girls. Oh, nice. Yeah. So she kind uh, of yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to sound like I'm disparaging her, but she's a terrible actress in this movie. Oh yeah, and I hope she's I hope she's doing great now, but she her terrible acting is just mind boggling. Yeah. And I and I've seen her in other movies, and she's better in other movies. Like as far as her actual acting ability. Maybe oh, she's good. learned some things, but also maybe she realized, God, I was taking myself way too seriously. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Like I, this definitely feels like it's her first movie, and most I feel like most directors would try to dial it back, but Verhoeven clearly didn't know he was having way too much fun. He was yeah. having entirely too much fun making this movie. Yeah, the crazy little Dutch man. <laughs> <laughs> So I have to ask you guys: Have you seen the movie The Apple? A movie? Well, I mean, no. it's a like from ni- it. it's from nineteen from nineteen eighty, and it was basically brought to you by a Canon Group Films and cocaine. Um, but <laughs> 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 it's batshit crazy, like it's insane. But whoever saw whoever did the set costumes, I would say even some of the choreography saw the apple and was infatuated with it i i I, re- I saw that movie last year and real and i was like oh my god that is exactly the same scene from the goddess musical in showgirls no. like, yes like the weird there's okay in the apple there's this and it's a real it's a true musical so that's a little different but it has this like weird dance orgy type thing but it completely is this first number that they do in the little goddess musical, that one where they're like coming out with the, the volcano and everything. It's all in this, this kind of soft focus, like lighting and everything. It, it, yeah. It's from the apple basically. That's and some of these, it's, yeah, it's well, yeah, it's, it, it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? And then even like some of like the motorcycle dance and uh, that scene and, one of the others or whatever, I was just like, it's, you know, some of the costumes are similar. I mean, just, it's just like, holy shit. And it's like this obscure, awful, awful <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's canon films, but. <laughs> they were just like, no one will notice this. No one will notice this. It's kind of brilliant, though, that it was like, huh, okay, sure. You know? <laughs> but it just made me laugh because it's like, some of it seems like it's ripped right from the apple, but some of it is just pure like homage to. I'm like, that is the oddest thing. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I like I'm searching right now to where to find the apple. You can get it on Netflix. You can get it on oh, Netflix. Can you? Oh. Yeah. That's. I'm excited now. That, 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 this is like now two hours of my life that I had planned on spending doing important things, and now you know, <laughs> this is exciting. It's act- and the only reason I ever heard of that musical is uh, that documentary, um, Electric Boogaloo, the 
Wild Untold Story of oh, Canon yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had that in there as like this musical that they spent all this money on and it totally flopped, of course. And it was very ambitious. But and when you see it, you're like, oh my God, it, wow. But I mean, it has some things going for it. And it's, it's you know, it's an hour and a half. So it's, it's an okay length. I mean, Showgirls should have been an hour and a half, hour and 40 tops. Oh God, yeah. It shouldn't have been two hours. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, when I figured that when I saw that last year, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh. oh, that's amazing. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, oh, I just lost train of thought. Sorry. Like, I'm still thinking about the apple. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I could go on for that for quite a while. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, Showgirls oh. 2, which you need to watch immediately. No. Okay. No. I, no. I, I, I don't I know just, if I'll watch it today, I'm, I'm, but I will watch it. I don't know if I can recommend it in good conscience. <laughs> <laughs> really. <laughs> well, I, I made you read a book that was terrible. That's true. There's a scene in the movie with a hot dog. That is the ghost. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> All right. Hold on. I'm gonna, let me text you the the um the picture of it. Oh goodness. Uh, I mean, you can't beat the and and it's just like I mean everything about this movie is just so low budget, especially the dance numbers. The dance. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I think Rena Riffle, she wore I she wore many hats during this movie. Like she wrote, directed, starred in it. But I swear she must have been the choreographer. She must have been the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take care of the props, the costumes, like everything. Because wow, it's it's it is horrendous. That's the only way I can think to describe it. And I don't even put it in the so bad it's good category it's just terrible yeah i mean and i suppose i mean maybe sometime i'll rewatch it but i would only do it if i had if i was watching it with someone else okay. you know and i mean i and again i i knew it was going to be a little at least a little bit of a train wreck but it was worse than i expected and um you know i was not sober when i watched it thankfully it sounds a lot like um was it easy rider 2 like that <laughs> level of bad idea yeah, that somebody had, and there's the, just the the gigantic, just watching that disaster well, go off off the yeah. off the cliff. Well, here's the thing: the movie. Here's a plot synopsis of the movie. Penny Slot, a stripper from Vegas, tries to become a star dancer on a TV show on a dance television TV show. That's the plot, word for word, a dance television TV show. And it is, yeah, two and a half hours of. I, I don't even know. I do not even know. I mean, at one point, they're like, what, Nazis, and there's talk of, like, a potential snuff film, and it's just, you're like, what? Okay, now, okay, now, okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> Showgirls yeah, 2, it's Nazis got a... and snuff films, I'm there. <laughs> that, but that sounds so much more exciting than it, 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 than it actually is. Oh, I, oh, I know. Oh, you I know. know, but there is also a pool kindness sort of sex scene in this too. With except, the yes, except it's with, <laughs> another, it's with another woman. It's with another woman hmm. instead of yeah, yeah, exactly. With lots of bubbles. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about the bubbles. Wow. Yeah. 
I just sent awesome. you the, uh, the screen cap of the move, like of the, the hot dog scene in the movie. <laughs> Check your Facebook. Wow! Oh, wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> the years have not good, been good to Penny. Oh damn! All right. Well, that's a thing that I'm going to watch at some point. I don't know when. You have, to be, you have to be heavily under the influence. And the, well, the thing about it is, I've tried having showgirls two parties, and it's not like <laughs> showgirls parties where everyone's like all amped up. It's like everyone gets giggling and laughing about the first hour, right? And then about after like the, the, the hour and a half, somebody falls asleep, <laughs> and then everyone starts kind of milling around, and then like a scream comes from the movie, and everyone like comes in to see what happened, and then they just it just it eventually just dies off until like I'm the only person there clapping their hands like oh my god what a great what a great movie nah they they just did not recapture anything and i mean it, you know and the fact that she had Glenn Plummer okay who like i said can act but he was the only thing only person in this in showgirls 2 who could act he was so underutilized i guess she could probably also only pay him for so many days on the set but you could have figured out a way to work him into the story better um, and utilize, you know, the time that you had him better than you did. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a cameo from Pompadour Date Rape Guy. <laughs> um, I want to say there are a couple other people that were in Showgirls that pop up in these small little things. I think there, yeah, there's like random... But just, I mean, it's it's no one important. It's not like Robert Dobby or like, no, no, you know. no, no, no. It, isn't it like that one uh, guy that kind of acts like an agent for the casino? Oh the, yeah. You barely recognize him in Showgirls too. He's like buried under this beard or something, and it's just, and all of a sudden he pops up in this place where you're like, what, what? Not playing the same character, which is fine, but it's kind of like. At least Showgirls 2 was made for a comedic type. It, it knew what it was. It knew that it was supposed to be funny. It knew that it was just going to be ridiculous and not great. So I, you know. Yeah. It just I, I enjoy of- that, but there's too much other bullshit to go with it. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 you remember the shot on video movie, backyard movies from the 80s? Oh, That's- yeah. That it looks exactly like that. Yes. The sound is terrible. Like it just it, it looks like it shot on like somebody unearthed this secret movie, and it was like it 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 looks awful and it, it, it's it's terrible. I but think she jokes work. You know? I think she started making it in like 2007 or 2000. It came out in like 2010 or something. So it's more recent, but it does have the feel of like it was made 10, 20 years earlier. As far as just the technology of the you know the film sound and everything it just <laughs> yeah, yeah what clearly works, what works for the movie too is the dialogue is actually really funny like I was like if you if you listen to some of the jokes and some of the things that they say it actually they like, and it they, they actually have like comedic like really good comedic timing and like the lines are actually generally funny I was really surprised about that because it doesn't quite happen that way a lot of the times. Hmm. Oh yeah, I mean it. It definitely has some actual comedy going for it, you know. But it's it's just there's so much else that's in there that you're like, why is this here? And also, this is so slow. It's so boring because at least Showgirls, 
you're right. You have points where it starts to slow down a little bit, but then all of a sudden, dun dun dun, you know, yeah. <laughs> it could still be a Hoven's short movie. A goddamn master of, the, of his craft. He well, understands yeah. that you need to get those. The, you need to have the action moving. Something's got to happen every twenty pages, or is it ten pages? I think it's I ten pages. Well, we'll, we we'll say fifteen. We'll say fifteen. <laughs> oh, there we go. Because <laughs> he's Dutch. Sure. <laughs> I do things differently. Yes. Exactly. Every fifteen minutes. Oh, Why aren't like... you freaking out right now? <laughs> fifteen minutes. That'd be great. So, did oh, you know whatever. that Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics wrote the music, like the and the songs for Showgirls? Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I oddly enough, I didn't really stuff? pay that close attention to the music. Well, not just that. Can we walk into the wind? The whatever awful Andrew Carver song, but Dave. Mm. I mean, that was he wrote that with someone else. But everything else, like that's mostly what he's been doing since Eurythmics broke up. Is he's been doing like soundtrack stuff and mm. scores. But there's some of the stuff in here, like for the like the actual musical or whatever dance numbers, that are very big show type things and you know yeah they're they're actually pretty good you know for what they are but (laughs) is pretty good i I know prince helped uh, prince put up prince was hired to put uh, put together the soundtrack for the movie and i mean the soundtrack is pretty damn good for the 90s oh yeah you know i mean and 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 I don't know, some of the music is really sexy and like a not really sexy movie, but it's like, yeah, I mean, there's like all this prestige behind it, you know? I mean, I wonder who the choreographer is. Like, I mean, you know. I forget her name. I forget her name. Um, yeah, I suppose I could look that up, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, had a career doing other stuff, you know, not necessarily tons of big movies. But she's had a pretty prolific career. I do know that. Um, this is just one of her earlier gigs. <laughs> I was just starting. I was just starting. I still love though that. I mean, when striptease came out, I was always like, "God, it's gonna, it's such a ripoff of Showgirls." And then I realized, "Oh my God, it's the same choreographer." <laughs> 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 that just made me laugh so hard. I was like, "Seriously?" <laughs> That's awesome. Let's just rip off what we can from that. Well, I, uh, I mean, so so regarding Showgirls, what was like? Everyone has a favorite part. What was your favorite part of this movie? Oh God! Like for me, it was the Ninja Showgirl, where she put on the <laughs> and then like they colored her nipples and then. Like, oh God! Know. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that was super weird. <laughs> Like she I wasn't sure if I a boobie face, and then she's got painted nipples. <laughs> yeah, I for like a second I was like, okay, wait, am I is like the color off of my TV? Did she do something? <laughs> Did, like she put like some kind of weird like poison on her nipples? Is that the idea? But I was like, no, wait, that's not gonna work because that'll kill her too. But by this point in the movie, I was I had completely just lost my mind, and was yeah. just coming up with even whatever I was grasping at straws for what the fuck was happening in this thing. I mean, so they even I, had like, 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 the, like, like music, quote unquote, music from the Orient playing while she was putting on her kabuki makeup. <laughs> oh, right. She was painting her nails. Yes. And she's like, time to go to work. I'm like, what? 
and then like su- then she looked like super whore. I was like, whoa, whoa, with with the very tight ponytail. Wow. Yes. Yeah, she put on her Jesus. weave, and then she put on like a pair of like go-go boots, and then she went to town, and that was yes. that's an amazing scene. And it's like that an animal print little outfit she's wearing. Yeah, like yes. a leopard print yeah. thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so like legitimate like actual scene that I thought was really good was Kamala Glocken confronting her about her past. That was actually I think a really really good scene. Um, favorite scene though oh fuck it's so hard <laughs> damn it's really hard to, it's really hard to choose one because there's so many just amazing just insane moments in this movie that even when they the, the girl threw marbles on the floor obviously oh yeah that was really good <laughs> The beads from her costume, yes. Oh, was, I thought it was marbles. I get the beads from her costume. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I think it was the it, to make it look like, oh yeah, these just fell off. Oops. Yeah, Which, gonna... I've been a dancer, okay, and I was also a professional costume designer and everything, and so I, I'm like, I resent that. I'm sure Molly's work is much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Those beads would not come off that costume that easily. <laughs> there would at least be thread. Oh man, yeah, I don't, I can't. It's just, it's there's so there's literally everything is. It's all there, there's hard to pick a good just a single like hilarious moment because there's so. It all just kind of kind of goes together. Not even. Uh... The, the lap dancing scene where Elizabeth Berkeley is okay, like, that is that is probably one of the, that okay, that is the fun one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen because Gina Gershon's facial expressions, every everybody's facial expressions in that sequence are fucking gold. <laughs> because Kyle McLaughlin looks terrified periodically. He's Gina also, Gershon, he yeah. also looks like he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah, and Gina Gershon, I think, because she's making faces at him. <laughs> you can see, like the, the expression she's she has on her face is very much like she's fucking with him. Yes. And then Elizabeth Berkeley is doing whatever the fuck she's doing, being possessed. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they were gonna make a sequel, like official sequel to it. This movie was successful about Nomi making her way through Hollywood, which would have been as amazing. There could I'm be it, so much could have been done with that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I like to imagine her like you know, she goes back to the, she works at a strip club in Hollywood and then gets a job on a soap opera, and then eventually becomes like an A list Hollywood movie star. Yep. Meanwhile, bumping people off all along the way and <laughs> yes, she gets involved with the mob. Oh my god. Oh yes, of course it have to be something like that. Yep. Yeah. Because she is just she's chaos incarnate. Every everyone she's involved with is broken or hurt or damaged in some way when she's done with them. Holy shit! Yeah. She's yeah. the worst. She's literally the worst human being in this movie. Just like a Russ Meyer heroine. <laughs> <laughs> Without oh. the uh, admirable cleavage. Yes, 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 that's true. <laughs> yeah that too and you know the very 90s fashion which wow oh god 
Like the periodically, I would forget this movie was set in the '90s until it became very obvious it was the '90s. Usually in the dance scene or the club scenes. Yes. That well, fucking god awful jacket, that blue jacket she had. I was like, wow. And oh, don't god. you love the whole thing about Versace? Oh yeah, of yes. Versace. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Versace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she said it, I'm like, the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> and everybody else's face. Oh. Right, and it's suddenly fucking. He's like, oh, it's oh yeah. Like, oh, she really is that dumb. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you didn't know it though, because you thought generally like she mispronounced it on on like on accident. Like I'm not not on accident, but like you know, like it was. It she was, like, genuinely thought that's how it was pronounced. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it was that it was that bad. The movie it, you kind of growing in and realizes the movie was going to be that bad. And you're just like, oh, girl, that's Versace. And then you realize, okay. <laughs> which, which which, apparently that was Elizabeth Berkeley's idea to have oh. that. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really want anybody to stray that much from the script. But that's one thing she did bring to it. And I'm like, you know, actually, I kind of think that's a nice little touch. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's very odd that, like, because this movie is terrible. It, it, it's fucking bad. But there's a, a weird internal logic to the whole thing that's fascinating. <laughs> because so. it, it... Okay, so... And I think this is, again, this is probably someone along the lines had this idea, was trying to be serious, is that the Gina Gershon character and Elizabeth Berkeley's character are basically the same person, when you really think about it. That's right. the, It's their big heart-to-heart at the end, is that, you know, this is, this is the cycle of this fucking place. Is that the someone's going to come in and you're you know everybody gets their break somehow and it doesn't really matter whose face is on the thing because the show must go on, which is fascinating and kind of interesting, and then she just bails out and it's she's going to go to Hollywood and I feel like she it, she's because she is this fucking center of chaos and destruction. This is going to she it, it's I at some point I made this movie into like a weird horror movie. Where like the, like she is actually the chaos. She is she has cursed herself, and then that's she's gonna go to Hollywood and she's gonna do the whole thing over, and she's gonna end up killing more people because she's evil and awful. So yeah, it's the there, ring. There, yes, yeah. there, there's there's glimmers of actual like interesting shit in this movie. It's just pounded in glittery vomit. <laughs> she doesn't learn a lesson. Gaudy light. No, she, she that's the thing. She's it. awful. You she know, is literally the worst. She pushes Gina Gershon down a flight of stairs, and then she yes. gets rewarded. And then when yes. she gets caught for her, you know, her bad, you know, for something bad that she did, she like runs off. Yeah. So she doesn't really learn a lesson. No, that, you know, no. you shouldn't do things like this. So which means that Showgirls, if you know, in an alternate universe, Showgirls Two would have had her like committing murder yeah. and espionage, and you know, it would have been like like a Shannon Tweed erotic thriller. <laughs> 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 and I don't know if espionage would have been on the menu because I don't think the character's that smart. But no. definitely some murders would have would have happened because of her this time. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So you know, uh, and so yeah. So like, it just I she just does she doesn't learn her lesson. But the things at the thing at the same time too, you look at it again when people are saying like you know, Showgirls is a feminist type of movie now. It's kind of like you know she did it her way. And on her terms, and then I'm not really making a really good fight for this. This is like, 
<laughs> no, she's just an awful human being. Yeah, like at the end of the day, she's a terror. Her character is a horrible human being. Like the, she, o- like, yeah, the oh, sorry, only the only positive thing she does is after Molly gets raped, she <sighs> goes and just beats the shit out of the rapist. Right. I mean, and she does it just for her friend, like for right. an actual selfless reason. Right. You know, her one selfless act in the entire movie. Right, because she realizes they're not going to go to the cops over it because of who this guy is. Right. Like, you know, so that is genuinely the only selfless positive thing she does this entire movie. But even but even then, I feel like because her character is so fucking dumb, <laughs> like it makes sense for her that she thinks that this is a, she's she's done this good deed. Right. But then she's still skipping out of town and it's like you actually haven't done anything cuz you didn't call the cops. And it's just like, oh, okay, I beat him up, and now you're, you're, everything is fixed. It's like, no, because she's still no. going to have to deal with the psychological trauma of being gang-raped. And you just ran off. Right. Yeah. Way to go. You're yeah, still a horror. She... Wake up, and she's going to be like, Nomi, where's Nomi? And like, oh, she left. <laughs> that bitch is gone. <laughs> she skipped town. Yeah. She's not going to be helping you pay the rent anymore, either. Yeah. Like, nope. we just, the like rent. that's the other thing. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, Molly and that's, like, "Where's my trailer?" They're like, "Oh, we we like we you didn't pay rent because nobody left town, and you're in the hospital, so now you have this empty lot." Right. Oh yeah. By the way, because nobody left, we now you know the show is fucked and everything is fucked and everything. Yeah, you're just fucked. She's she's you, she's a natural disaster. You, and that's an instance. Then you end up fucking over Molly's job. So really, yeah. you didn't help her in the end. No, you I take, didn't. I take it back. There's nothing positive. <laughs> no. <laughs> she is literally the worst human being in this movie. Absolutely. She's so, just every. Oh, God, she's terrible. Yeah, so Molly got evicted. She got fired from her job. Her friend, her best friend, just left her and she was attacked. Oh, she was raped. I mean. Yep. Molly. <laughs> <laughs> And can I just say, like, one day I happened when I, I, I was watching, rewatching it for this, and I put on, for some reason, the closed captioning. Yeah. And um, I never had realized in that rape scene, when they throw her down on the bed, the Andrew Carver character screams, Black Pussy. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I had to rewind it, and I'm like, no, he really did just say that. <laughs> Wow, and I'm like, that was it. Did someone actually write that in the script, or was that like an ad lib? Either way, it's terrible. (laughs) Oh my god, oh my god, that's what he says. So they know he said something about pussy, but he was like, I guess he says now black pussy, and then like, "Ah." yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I'm like, what the hell? Wow. Oh my god. Can you imagine yeah. being the close captioning lady, like you know, just writing the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the close captioning? Where she's, all... <laughs> she's very prim and proper. And she's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. So oh. no one, so no one has a happy ending except for except no. for Nomi, who just skips out of town and yep. thinks her way. No, yep. yeah, sure. Oh well, we'll call McLaughlin. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, he still he still has his job, whatever his job is. Entertainment director. There we the go. Casino. That's right. So yeah, he still has his job. Um, he can he'll find another 
Again, because it, it, this seems like, you know, he, he, see, oh, yeah, like, the cycle of the hotel is not, it's not the, the girl who's important. It's just they have somebody there. So he's going to find another woman to sleep with and make the star, yada, yada. Was it LaToya, Janet, yeah. Suzanne? No, they're going to get that weird white girl with the, uh, the dreads. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and you lo- got to love how everybody starts using the word darling. Like, oh, my God. Don't. Like, oh, my goodness. Because once they make the the Julie character, the white girl with dreads, mm. after she's, whatever, bumped off her rival, essentially, and she... And then she sees it. She covers for Nomi. She starts using the darling thing too. Like that's all of a sudden they start using that once they've gone down whatever path of you know. <laughs> being <bad. laughs> oh, oh, that's God. awesome! It's like a vision of the body stature. It's like you could tell who just did to the evil by the word darling. Yeah. Totally, totally. Oh. See, there's just there's so much going on in this movie, even though it's fucking terrible. It's so oh, it's so entertaining though. <laughs> oh god damn it so I have to admit one time I got drunk and watched <laughs> shows and I tried and because I mean I tried emulating some of the dance moves on there to like much much more I thought I would try because I, like I was seeing if it was you know if it, if maybe she was just doing it wrong and I could do it sexier because this is what happened <laughs> and I, I, I could not, and then it was just it, it just ended in tragedy and tears, and I just realized that I was not meant for dancing or being a stripper. <laughs> See, this is how influential this movie is. Okay, just don't let that hang in the air like that. Well, but okay, okay. So one thing that one thing that always bugs me about this movie and i know you know suspend your disbelief but again as someone who danced for years and all of a sudden Naomi, whatever she gets she has her audition for the show and she makes it and they have her come in 10 a.m okay and start working on choreography she's in the show that same night and she's in a featured position right by the main lead that would not. That would never happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> it bugs the <laughs> shit out of me, though. I'm like, no, 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 no. That girl obviously needs some more practice. And what time of the day is the? If it's even supposed to be the same day, what time of the day is the show? <laughs> I mean, like, right. is, does she have a full twelve hours to uh, rehearse or what? But you know, she's got so much raw energy. Yes. Something they keep talking about how she's, she's got heat. It's like, no, she doesn't. Yeah, she's got spasms. <laughs> I think yeah. she's. I, I don't think she's dancing. I think she's having a, a, a fit. Like she might be having a seizure right now. We should probably go find a doctor. Well, there's that one dancing in the nightclub where the guys were just like, where she's like having another seizure. Oh, okay, okay. There oh, we go. Oh that, God, yes. That's the best scene in the movies when she meets James for the first time. He's like, "Can I dance with you?" And she's like, "I don't know, can you?" And then she's like, "Fucking that." That is the greatest scene in this movie because it is just amazing. Yeah, she doesn't even like grind on him or like, you know, she like does a white girl bend over and then like, that's it. You know, then she twirls around and gets him in the crotch. Right. And then everyone's like, oh, she's an amazing dancer. She didn't do anything. Like she's literally flailing her arms. She waves her arms around. 
I know. It's, it's, it's oh. like James and the other guy are standing there and they're, they're watching her and she's like, she can dance. Oh, she thinks she can. Yeah, she thinks she can dance. That's the only thing. She can't really dance. No. No, no, she can't. Because that's the one <laughs> thing. I mean, like, why is James so convinced that she has this raw talent? I don't know what that talent is for, but I'm not sure it's dancing. <laughs> well, it's not even for sex either, because like I said, no. you know, she does not spins around and then she just bent. She, she doesn't even like bend over sexy. She like twirls around and then just bends over. Yeah. <laughs> like she, I, I'm pretty sure she's an alien or something. She like, doesn't even, not... she doesn't even try to do like sexy eyes and like pouty mouth or anything to. When she does, she looks horrifying. <laughs> she looks like a monster. <laughs> I swear to God, she is not a human being in this movie. She's like an alien or some kind of demon from another dimension. Because there are scenes when she's trying to be sexy and she just looks fucking terrifying. Oh, you know, maybe it's like... It's like species. species. Like a sexy species. Yeah, except not sexy at all. You know, like, you know, she has to learn how to be... You know, she's learning the ways of, you know... Caucasian strippers in the 90s. Right? Feels horribly. See, this is why I'm. This is why I'm just like. This is why I was like. You know what? Maybe all of this madness. I was like, I, like as I as I finished the movie, and I all the various bizarre things I thought of while watching it. That maybe this was part of Twin Peaks in some weird way, which was hilarious for like 15 minutes or anything else. It's like you know what? It, maybe just all these weird pop culture things. This movie seems to tie into somehow would make this all make way more sense. Like maybe she is from Species. Like this is a prequel to Species. <laughs> this is a prequel to Species. It's the it's the third season of fucking Twin Peaks that we didn't realize. I don't. I'm not sure what other crazy shit gets you can tie into this movie, but it's just oh god, it's it's Gina Gershon before she runs off to Jennifer Tilly and Bound. I mean, like... yeah, there you go. Yeah, because that was like a year or two beforehand. Yeah. 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 I, 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 Gina Gershon, Jennifer, that Bound was, if you're going to do lesbians, that's the sexiest lesbian movie you could possibly, possibly make. Uh, yeah, definitely. The- One of them. One of them. Well, they at least consulted an actual lesbian for on the sex scenes. Susie Bright, the sexologist. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay, you at least did that right. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't like two blondes and like like acrylic nails. Who <laughs> <laughs> don't even know how to kiss each other properly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do we have, anything, do we have like, anything else to say about showgirls? No. Uh, not that I can think of. Oh, oh yeah, actually, here's here's one showgirls fact. They, oh. this, uh, Paul Verhoeven wanted um, this to be the first movie with a, uh, a male erection in it, and <laughs> Dylan McDermott was supposed to be um, supposed to be in the Kyle McLaughlin role, and oh. he turned it down because they were gonna do and they wanted him to do an erection in this in the movie. Like apparently, like the whole original plan for this movie was supposed to be like Caligula, pretty much. It was pretty filthy. <laughs> Oh God! Wow! But then then we got and then and then they end up with Kyle MacLachlan, and he even uses a body double for his ass. So yeah, that was not Kyle MacLachlan's ass. I mean, 
He does not. Then I can I, I can re- retract my tweet from last night when I said, "Well, that's Kyle McLaughlin's ass." I <laughs> yes. don't know what his ass looks like because that's apparently a body double. I don't know what his ass looks like either, but I do know that's a body double. <laughs> well, watch, watch Blue Velvet, and you'll see a lot of. Oh, costumes. that's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. Oh, I have but, seen Blue like, Velvet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I totally forgot about that in Blue Velvet. That's not what I'm looking at in that movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what sticks out in the lesbian's head, the male ass. No. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that was my that was my uh, fast happy Ridgemont High. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, but you know, yeah, it, it was just because I was like, that's clearly it. It was like Kyle McLaughlin's like this skinny little guy, and then you know, here comes this like naked muscular ass and like <laughs> stepping out of it. It was it, it clearly had nothing. It was one of the things that had nothing to do with the character. I mean, it was just like. Clearly, it was a body double, and it was like the worst body double they could possibly. Find. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not even sure the haircut matched. No, no, like it would have been, you know, I mean, it was, I, it was so not even thought about. Like they could have hired like a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how place it was. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad I finally watched this movie. And now you have to watch Showgirls too. I will at some point. <laughs> Again, uh, not sober. Should definitely I, no, 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 but, uh, no, no, no. It's I guess it's worth a watch just out of just curiosity. But uh, I've sat through it's, some in general. Before, it's, so. In general, I would not necessarily. I wouldn't recommend Showgirls too. Showgirls, the first one, yes, but not so much the second. No, oh, that's our. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> and, and Eric, you'll know when I've seen it because I'll start yelling at you. <laughs> like, what should you do? <laughs> that, or it's gonna, or I'm gonna think it's the greatest thing ever, and then we're, it's gonna just be the end of the world. Can you imagine if oh, it changes your life. It will oh, certainly short circuit your brain for an hour or two. I can guarantee that. Well, that sounds like fun. Oh. Oh, all right. Good lord. Um. We didn't even think of well. I don't know if we necessarily want to rate this or anything because it's just. Yeah. Obviously, we we would all recommend that people go and watch this movie if they haven't. Yes. And so if do you, that. Go yeah. And watch fucking Showgirls. <laughs> yes, please watch Showgirls. It's, just it's no, kind not of take it seriously. <laughs> no, you, you, you can't. You can't take it seriously, but it doesn't. There's no way you can. Like, it's very clear from very early on. It's not a movie to take seriously. And it's just, it's truly something. Yep. It wasn't what I expected, but it was better than what I expected. If that makes any sense. Well, that's good, though. Yeah. Because yeah. It, like, it was expecting it to just be a complete another train wreck. And it kind of was. But it was so well done. And again, because Verhoeven's such a fucking clever guy... Like I seem, like I feel like he's he knows exactly what he's doing with every movie he's making, regardless of how other people react to it. Like there's something about them, like Total Recall, the same way. Yeah. Like there's something like he's he's very aware of what he's doing. So even if it seems bad, it's like no, no, I think it's supposed to be that way. And this is the honestly probably the pinnacle of fucking with your audience. Yeah. And possibly also your star. And 
fucking bravo. It's it's great. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it took twenty years to be appreciated, but you know. Yeah. It'll get there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just. Wow. We'll see it on the AFI film list. <laughs> <laughs> Top one hundred films. Yeah. Sure. Showgirls sure. will make the list eventually. Oh. I'll, I'll make a petition soon. <laughs> Change.org petition. <laughs> Should be put in the Library of Congress. Yeah. <laughs> film vault. Film it's, it's, it's a national treasure. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Eric, thank you for joining us for, for Showgirls. This is yeah, Thank you for having me. So much fun. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so we're going to take a break and then we'll be back to discuss our second thing for this episode. Uh, a really terrible book that I made Vanessa read. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes! You got off easier in this one. <laughs> I know I did. So we'll be right back. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psychosemantic Cast. Let us face, without panic, the reality of our time. The fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities. And let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off uh, you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. Neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semantic Cast. Also known as the Psycho Semantic Podcast. All right. So this is... <laughs> I'm an asshole. So, because we were doing so bad, it's good. I decided we should do a book that is very bad, but I found it very entertaining. It's called Five Nights at Freddy's: The Silver Eyes by Scott Cawthorn, or I'm sorry, Scott Cawthon and Kira Breedwhite Risley. Um, and here is the synopsis of this ridiculous fucking book. Now, did did you want to read the? Amazon description, yes. or do you have another one? I have the Amazon description, and then okay, if you so we're going to be reading. We'll, same we'll thing. read that one, and then we can. Sure, I'll have you synopsize the book because I feel like you'll have a really good synopsis of this book for me. I don't. That's okay. I hate to tell you there is. Go ahead. Okay, uh, based on the best-selling video game horror video game series Five Nights at Freddy's, it's been exactly ten years since the murders at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza in Charlotte. Charlie, for short, has spent those 10 years trying to forget. Her father was the owner of Freddy Fazbear's Pizza and the creator of its four adult-sized animatronic animals. And now, Charlie is returning to her hometown to reunite with her childhood friends on the anniversary of the tragedy that ripped their town apart. Curiosity leads Charlie and her friends back to the old pizza place, and they find it hidden and sealed, but still standing. They discover a way inside, but things are not as they once were. The four mascots that delighted to entertain them as children have changed. The animatronic animals have a dark secret and a murderous agenda. <laughs> oh god i don't hate you for making me read this <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> you came out better in this whole deal of oh, having to watch oh, oh, compared to me having to read this book oh i know oh i know that's okay um <laughs> no what i what i what i had told you before is that 
it, it is kind of an awful book, but I've read things that are worse. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, there is that, but... It's you know it's a young adult book and it's a bad so young adult book. I didn't I didn't expect anything complex as far as writing style goes. However, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I expected more. I would have liked more because I read even when I was a young adult. I didn't really read young adult books. Right, I was reading always reading kind of higher um, because I would get annoyed with certain writing style. I mean, but. This just, I don't know. Yeah, even for a young adult novel, it doesn't hit a certain bar. Yeah. Um, I have have three highlights in this book, apparently. That I I, I highlighted them because they were the best examples of the terrible fucking writing in this book. Okay, you did obviously more than I did on that. This was from the original reading of the book. Okay. Uh, so the first one, this is just, oof. So Charlie, this is from chapter one, page three. <laughs> Charlie repeated their names as though to reassure herself that she still remembered them. Marla, Jessica, Lamar, Carlton, John, and Michael. Michael was the reason for this trip after all. It was 10 years since he died. 10 years. Fucking info dump on page three. <laughs> and establishing that we have a huge fucking cast that we don't need holy fuck well yes <laughs> true they really didn't yeah they had to they were dealing with too many people yeah, there's entirely, I thought. entirely too many kids in this book uh so on page it, page 39 it, yeah go ahead carlton shrugged expansively <laughs> I, I legitimately i i it, i i couldn't i couldn't not highlight that was it was too good it was too I, I yeah and then this is this is from towards the end of the book dave appeared in the doorway his head held high and his face grim it would have it should have been imposing but he just looked like a man walking through a door yeah yeah pretty much yeah. and you know i could i could handle if that were just maybe a handful of those instances Mm-mm. in this book but it's a handful of those instances every page of the yeah, book. Yeah, those are legit. Those are just the three that I thought were the best. They're, the whole book is that bad. And, oh my god. So you, you had no prior knowledge of any of this nonsense before I made you read this ridiculousness. No, not at all. I I went into it and started reading it. And I have to say, I read the first chapter and I was confused. Um, in all fair, in all fairness, I was reading it like as I like at night, mm-hmm. right as I was kind of like laying in bed and falling asleep. So that did I wasn't really paying attention to it. <laughs> but so I, I went online, and then I was like, okay, I've got to figure out like read something like Amazon and like figure out what is there something I'm missing ahead mm-hmm. of time. Well, then that's when I found out it was based on a video game. Yes. <laughs> I did not know that ahead of time. Yeah, so this is, and oh, yeah. I also have no knowledge of that video game. Okay, so this is this is where, and that's the burning question I have. Yeah, so please enlighten me there. For anybody who who does not know, uh, Fred, the Five Nights at Freddy's games or FNAF because it's a way easier acronym. Um, there are, I want to say five of them, uh, five official numbered ones, and or no. Five, I think it's five numbered ones, and then there's a sixth one, which is 
another thing, and there's like a spinoff game. It's a huge fucking franchise that a one guy, Scott Cawthon, made. Um, he had made some other simple PC games, and somebody had critiqued one of his games, saying his characters looked like creepy animatronics. And so, as a last-ditch effort, he's like, all right, well, fuck it, I'm going to try and make a horror game. And he made Five Nights at Freddy's, and it blew up. Um, and so what's interesting about the games is they're, they're kind of okay. They're very simple as far as mechanics go. But there's kind of bits of story and lore sprinkled through each game. Um, and there's a really good, and it's really dorky, but um, there's a channel on <laughs> YouTube called Game Theory. And he has a whole series about these games. And it's really interesting if you actually want to know, like, lore shit about Five Nights at Freddy's. It's kind of inter- that, that stuff's kind of interesting. And it was nice to see a coherent explanation of these game story from the fans that made some kind of sense. Because a lot of the theories don't make any goddamn sense. So when this book came out, I was like, hey, cool. I want to see what Scott actually, what's the story behind these games for real? from Right from the horse's mouth. And goddamn, it's real dumb. And the fact that they're making a second one is oh, and I'm gonna read it. Frightening. It's gonna be bad. Oh, I won't read that. I'm not gonna force that on you. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I I just my burning question that I had. Well, okay, let's go back to the fact that you said yes. There are too many characters we got going on. Yes. This is a slash. This is, in the simplest terms, this is a slasher. This is a teen slasher novel where nobody fucking dies. Exactly. I, I, I know that was so frustrating to me. Um, <laughs> not saying everybody has to die, but no. I expected at least one to be bumped off. Right. Because but you, they, they set up all these characters at the beginning and you're like, all right, yeah. well, and, and most of them are very broad stroke characters. It's like you get like Charlie's our main girl. We follow around and we know a lot about her and then sure, like her course. love interest, whatever the fuck his name was. Mike, I think. No, Mike was the dead kid. Or was it Peter? Peter, maybe. Whoever her I, fucking love interest was. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's vaguely I, more sketched out than everybody else. And then you're just like, okay, well, right. they're going to bump somebody off, right? No. They bump off no. a security guard or a cop. A cop, yes. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of like, okay, you got, you're working with so many people here. Mm. Okay, nobody's getting bumped off. No. And... So that was that was just kind of that was distracting mm-hmm. because they the way that they would try to break it into oh let's have you know this scene where it's oh it's only like three people or four people right well that makes more sense but just it was chopped up the way it was switching back and forth yeah. between the and groups especially towards the end of the book and this is another like another major narrative problem that I had with the book was that. They keep going back to the fucking pizza place. Like, this yes. could have been done... You could have wanted done this in a night. I Thank actually, you. If, if, it had, if they had said it, if they'd gotten locked in for a night, and all this crazy shit had happened, it would have been yeah. way better. But instead, we keep going back every couple of nights. And, and even if they had gone back one night after that, yeah. and then all this, you know, that's when it got really bad or something. Yeah. That would have made sense, but then they just kept going away and coming back, right. and going away because and coming we back, have, and it have was like exposition dumps where we right. find out what's going on. Right, and then the, so then the burning question became, mm-hmm. what? How does this translate to a video game? So, 
the video game is set the the games are set as your I think it's the first first two games first two or three games are basically you're a security guard at the pizza place when it's open it's still op- okay. it's still within it's still up and running and basically you sit in a control room and you have to look at monitors and periodically one of the animatronics will be on one of the monitors so you have to keep them from getting into your room basically and you only have so much power it's you know it's balancing your power level with you know making sure they don't get in put and kill you you know it's a jump scare okay. thing, so and they, there's yeah. a, a warning that says oh yeah if they see you out if they see you they'll think you're an exoskeleton and stuff you into a suit which will kill you right um and then as it goes on it find you find out that they're possessed by spirits of dead kids and yeah so i mean the the, the actual there there's actual like the the background stuff that happens in this book is mostly like that's the actual like background story shit that was kind of interesting from those games because on their own the games aren't that interesting you can literally blow through okay. a, like a YouTube video of watching somebody play it and you go, oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I'm not a gamer, mm-hmm. but I have had enough friends that play and I will sit there and watch or whatever, or I've played a few, you know what I mean, right. over the years that it just, it, it was like, what? I just couldn't figure out what would be compelling enough to make me want to keep playing the game. Because, yeah. no, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, the and then, when, are, it, then yeah. when I read it, it's like, yeah. oh, it was a series of video games. I was like, wait, what? It's a series yeah. of video games? And and the story stuff is, I don't know. is very sprinkled in. Like, if you go and, like, check out, like, the Game Theorist videos, like, all of the mm-hmm. stuff that he's pulling, like, you have to, like, dig into these fucking games to find this information. Like, this right. is all, like, you have to be really paying attention to find any of this stuff. So, like, the stuff with the original restaurant where, like, her brother was kidnapped or murdered or whatever. And, like, that's that's a whole, that's part right. of the fucking FNAF universe where there was, an, uh, there, there was the old restaurant and there's the newer restaurants. Oh, right, God. which, I mean, honestly, they could have, if he had envisioned, I suppose, already writing you know, multiple books at right. a time. He could have, for this one book, just focused on this pizza place. Yeah. Don't worry about the past. And all you had to say was maybe like, oh, her, you know, brother like had died right. or whatever. He had, you know, he had disappeared or something. Right. Just a passing comment. You really didn't need to go into this whole thing of going back to the old place, mm-hmm. that place, and trying to figure out. To find out that something well what was the deal there right right it um it just you, apparently dave yeah, worked know. there too like the whole dave character like i get who he's supposed to be within the game world right. um that makes sense right because he was a very he was the unnamed and again it's one of those hard things where it's like the, there's a disconnect between the story of the game and the, and the book because like the book is clearly more streamlined so it's like okay, right. like there are the elements like like Dave. It's like okay, I understand his parallel in the game, but he's his own kind of thing here. But like the the book only has maybe one really good scene that I thought was kind of scary for a minute and good, and that's the bathroom scene until it completely blows its fucking tension. It just wastes it. 
Because like, I thought, like, reading that sequence initially, the first, I don't know, couple paragraphs of it, it was actually pretty tense and good, where she's being chased by the one of the robots. Right. And, like, you can, and, you know, she's talking about hearing the, the sound of the robot coming, and that's that's creepy. And then, like, they completely sure. fuck up that tension somehow by blowing, I don't remember how they fucked it up, but they did. And I was just like, oh, God, this book. And then the fucking, the ghost bear, the golden Freddy, that was... Yeah, that I. Uh, it it's it just lacked a certain focus. <laughs> yeah, again, a, I, a lot of I think a lot of it, a lot of this stuff is the, the the problems with some of this stuff is that he was trying to make these ideas from. I I, I think it's the problem of like somebody who writes a script for something and then goes, oh, I'm gonna turn this into a novel. And it doesn't right. make, make the translation the same thing. It's like he had the story idea that kind of worked in the game, but then tried to make it streamlined and fit into a novel, and it kind of doesn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, but I was also wondering, I'm like, so he wrote this with someone else. Mm-hmm. How much was he actually responsible for? And was it basically he tried to do so much and realized, oh, I can't quite finish it. I have to pull someone else in, you know, yeah. or was he trying to dictate to someone else? Like that's, I, uh, you know, that was, I, I, I feel felt, like the, the stuff that like the stuff that he, he probably wrote was probably like the stuff set in like the, the like the first pizza, like, like the first piece of location stuff. Like, I like that really nitty-gritty, like, anything that had to do with, like, the locations themselves. Like, I feel like that was probably, like, he had a hand in that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he kind of tried to, like, work some horror stuff in there. But, like, like, there was just so much, there were so many, like, just red herring weird things that pop up throughout this book that are never fucking addressed. And I just feel that they were missed opportunities. Yeah. To, yeah, I mean... Like I said, kill off one of the kids at least. Yeah, that would have done something. Propel yeah. the for, you know the action forward in a way that actually kind of makes sense. Right. But Instead of just you know, it, and the and the robots don't show up really in action until like the no. last couple chapters, and even then, they're almost immediately not threatening because. Yeah, it's a thirteen chapter book. Yeah, I think. something like that. And it, yeah. And you didn't get, you don't get so, there's so much you don't get until the last maybe four or five chapters. Right. And even then it's I not feel... really worth it because it's, like I said, like the bathroom sequence is probably the best yeah. like tense scene. And even then it like true fucking fails. And then, you know, the fucking, I, I thought when the Golden Freddy showed up, I was like, oh, okay. So that kid's dead. Like I thought, oh, we're going to do like, this right. is something interesting. Like this is like a possessed thing that it's like, maybe that's what's going on. Nope. Nope. Dave's just a serial killer. And apparently these are all, they're all being controlled by the spirits of the dead kids. But for some reason, somehow they figure out who he is and kill him again. Yeah. That's again, it, I couldn't figure out. I felt like it couldn't figure out if it wanted to go down a more supernatural route. Yeah. Or it wanted to make it so that it is about a specific killer and he's controlling these somehow. Yeah. You you know, I felt like somebody couldn't decide that and they finally were like, eh, we'll throw a little bit of each in there and 
when it f- seemed like it should be more okay these are possessed whatever animatronics yeah. no it's something no it, it's something not supernatural right or yeah which, it, which doesn't it, make just, any sense because I, I again if like from the the stuff from the games it's very obviously like okay yeah this person committed these murders but now these animatronics are haunted because of those murders like the spirits of these children are trapped in these animatronics which is causing whatever or maybe not and like right. there's like there's weird like I, and again there's because the books are their own kind of their own thing but the games are kind of their own thing it's it's all a mess of shit and it's just it's not a very good book but i found it incredibly entertaining because it was bad like it's so like dumb <laughs> it's so fucking dumb the ending is frustrating as shit, though. I will say the last couple chapters oh. are the most frustrating nonsense. Like by that, by that point, I was actually fed up with it and was just f- f- glad for it to be done. No, I was just kind of like, "Is this over already? Please yeah. hurry it up. Yeah. Tie something up that makes some semblance of you know any kind of sense. Just sense, please. Any kind of sense. It's just a little bit. That's all I ask. I'm yeah. not asking a lot. And then like, the I last page just, doesn't make any sense. Like. <laughs> she having a, is she having a dream? What the fuck? Right, oh, right. God damn it! I, I, I really, I have no idea what they're gonna do with the second book. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bad feeling about what they're gonna do with the second book, and I think it's gonna tie into whatever the last game was. So that's gonna be some new dumb shenanigans for me to be angry about as I read the book. <laughs> there was a lot. I, I, there was a lot of just frustration. And mm-hmm. snickering as I read this book, because there's, oh god, the the, the writing is so bad. Well, I, I think I actually was reading it, and there were a few points where I said out loud, "Oh come on, are oh, you yeah. kidding me?" Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I said that out loud. I don't usually talk to books. I mean, when I'm reading them. <laughs> but this one kind of kind of makes you do that because it really it's just like really, really, that's that's what you're going with right there, huh? Right. Right. It's just, oh, God. And the fact that I had to read that first chapter twice really infuriated me. Yeah. Because when I even read it the second time, like I said, okay, sure, the first time I'd read it and I was like half falling asleep. That's, I know, not necessarily the best time to try to read something you want to pay attention to or need to pay attention to. But even when I reread it and I was completely awake in the middle of the day, Mm. I still kind of felt like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. It just... The, the, the first chapter's a mess. Yeah, it's it's a complete mess. Yeah. I don't think it even got into any kind of regular groove until at least the third chapter, maybe yeah, the fourth. I think so, because it spends so much time on like Charlie's remembering her past and stuff, right? And then like that eventually, like that whole thing. Like I'm pretty like. Actually, I, I had to go back because it's very—it's not super clear as I was reading the book. And I made a friend, another, another friend of mine read this, and she had some choice words for me as well. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure, like, because she asked me, she's like, okay, was, like, the robot that killed her dad, was did he build that himself? I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Dave in a suit. She's like, okay. I'm like, it's not super clear. But I'm no, pretty sure that's what's supposed to be happening when I actually went back and thought yes. about it. Because as it's written, it's just, there's a robot that killed your dad. And it's never really addressed ever again. Yes. And then, yes. like, Dave shows up. We find out that Dave is really the killer because he's 
wearing this somehow this oh, so the, oh god damn it the spring trap suit oh. ah <laughs> jesus god. christ so i as a thing for a video game okay. it makes kind of some sort of sense like okay you you know it, within this world of like all right so there was a you know they built a suit so it would look like the character and they could walk around it and okay fine I don't understand the spring trap part of it and, you know, why you would build such a fucking ridiculously dangerous apparatus to be around children. But okay. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I thought the same thing. I'm like, I can understand maybe you had a first or second effort right. to do something and uh, you were still perfecting the yeah, kind like of this, mechanics. This... And then you realize, oh, no, that's not that's not. It's as smooth as it could go. And especially it's in an environment where kids are gonna, going to be. But yeah. no, that doesn't make any sense. Right. It's, it's you know, like, I mean, it sounds creepy. Like, if you were, like, oh, like, if you, you get in the suit and it, like, snaps closed and it can kill you like that, that sounds horrifying. But then, Absolutely. like, in the way it's presented in the book, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's like this half animatronic, half plush character suit. And you're like, why the fuck would you do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. No, no. Like, at all. And also, it, the slightest jostling of its gears will fuck the whole thing up and kill the person inside. Like, what? Why I mean, would you do that? Right. Why like, would I you understand this is a ho- this is a mom and pop operation you got here, but that smells like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Well, right. And, For either an employee or a child. Right. And it turns out it was you know the this crazy asshole you know kidnapped and possibly murdered your kid and also some other kids for reasons unknown or no he has a reason but it's it's super stupid i didn't even feel like he had a reason or he well he gives an explanation for why he's done what he's done and it's super dumb like it's again i feel like he didn't really even have no a reason. no he really didn't it's just <laughs> it's, like it's because it was it really was not that clear or fleshed out yeah it was just like oh yeah I, I want him to have a happy day forever it's like what like what no, dude, like, you just killed a bunch of kids and stuffed them into animatronics. What? No, this doesn't make any sense. Again. And, you, and one of them being your business partner's, partner's kid? Right. Like, wait, there's obviously got to be something else going on there. Right? I mean, like, there's just... Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, There's... Again, it, it feels like there's a lot of things that he wrote. Like, I feel like he probably had, like... Either he actually, either he was winging this thing the whole time as he was making these games and just making shit up, and this was his attempt to take all of that shit that he made up and focus it so into a coherent timeline, which is yeah, one possibility. Which is having read this book, more than likely what actually happened is he just winged it and then was like, okay, fuck it, I got to streamline this now, or, or and less likely he actually had all of this story stuff mapped out way before and he's just not a very good writer. I'm leaning much more closer to he was just winging it considering how quickly the games came out after each other. Like there was maybe six to nine months between each game releasing. So pretty sure he was winging it on the story and like the novels, the novels feel like one more part of the whole like merchandising thing that the the games have become and it's just like, oh well, let's let's make some books. Okay, well this gives me a chance to streamline this 
you know, all this theory stuff that's on the internet, I can do my own thing, and it's just not very good. How long between the uh, the uh, games coming out and this book coming out? Because uh, the book came out last fall. Yes, the first game. Let me double check. When did the first game come out? I mean, because yeah, I could see that he was winging it when he and he's just trying to push out the games. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so uh, the first game was released in 2014. Yeah, so he was pushing those out pretty quickly, and yeah. then yeah, in 2016, he comes around with the book, the first book. Yeah, because the second game was 2014. Yeah. And yeah. Bloomhouse apparently has the rights to the movie. Which no. also... Again, Please, no. Yeah, they, just... this again, this... This book feels kind of like if they were somebody said, "Hey, you know, Blumhouse picked up picked up the rights because, of course, it's a popular thing on the internet and it's going to make them shit tons of money." Right. And so the book kind of feels like if he was like, "Hey, here's my idea," you know, it kind of feels like you're right. like, "Here's my shot." It, you know, this might have been his his rejected script. Who knows? Because if it because yeah, it's not good. It's a, it's it literally, it's a, it's a slasher book. It's it's a teen slasher novel where nobody fucking dies, and nothing really happens for most of it, except for. And then when it does, it's so. It's so watered down. Yeah. Like I mean, I get I get that like the audience of these games is skews fairly young. I get that it's they're not really made for kids, but kids love this franchise for some fucking reason. There's tons of toys i've seen kids shirts like it's mm-hmm. kids love it because kids love, ho- right. love horror shit and you know they love watching people scream on the internet while playing these games and yeah it's very obviously a young adult novel but like even like rl stein would kill off characters in fear street like come on man yeah I've, you have I've to read have, some young you adult have horror to have novels. This, yeah you have to have in this scenario at least one casualty yeah to amp up the fear level yeah and it can't be an adult it has to be one of your named like actual one of the d- they're teen teenagers char- yeah too. they're teenagers they're and all like around what 16, 16 17, 17 18 yeah something like that i mean then there's one yeah 17 and then there's one kid that's younger okay so maybe you don't have the younger kid die off right but one of the older ones sure yeah i right you you have we literally have all of these these older characters running around and the little brother who, yeah, you can put him in peril, but you're not going to kill him off in a, in a YA novel. You know, this is that's the, fine. That's fine. You, but kill off one of the other kids. Like you don't let him get somehow. Maybe or you he, know, I would have been happy if the Golden Freddy had possessed the kid and had been the mouthpiece of whatever the fuck was going on. That would have been way more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I kept and I kept leading up to. I just are teasing these elements of what's going on with this special golden, you know, Freddy or whatever, where it seems like it's kind of a spectral thing to begin with. Right. And then it turns out that it's just the spirit of their dead friend. Who knows? Or it's, or, or it's her brother. I think it's the dead friend who I, I don't, I don't know. And and for a while, you're not even sure. Is it just something that's in her and Charlie's head? Right. Because none of you know, them remember the, just... the Golden Freddy. Exactly. They're Which, all like, what are you talking right. about? Because she's got her memories of 
the old, the original location mixed up with the new look. Right. Oh, God damn it, this stupid book. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dumb. It's real, real dumb. It has some genuinely entertaining moments, but it's real fucking dumb. And you, I, I don't know if I could say there were many entertaining moments. They're very few and far between. It's. I mean, I just. They're very. It's for me. It was just like some of those really bad bits of like writing where I'm just like, wow, that's that's how some of the moments of dialogue back and forth were were pretty laughable. Yeah. But they at least moved the story along. So I'd be like, they at least moved things along. Like you, you didn't feel like what what is the point of the what is the point of the words on this page right everything it moved along it was just yeah it's very after you got those first couple chapters it did move along yeah it did move along and then it just kind of it dragged a bit in the middle because it felt yes. like they were trying to like it kind of felt like they were padding things out a bit because like oh there's only 13 chapters what are you doing and then they rushed to the end Yes. Like the middle is very bloated where we get a whole bunch of info dump and then we just rush through the ending and then that's that's it. It just ends on a weird she has a dream or something. I don't remember. Like the the end of the book I actually like was like what? That's the end? It just sort of stops. Right. And it's like, "Okay. Well, um <laughs> And I think part of why the middle does feel just so Loaded, as you put it, is the fact that they keep leaving Freddy's and then coming back. Yeah. Leaving Freddy's and then coming back. That's not necessary. No, and it's never... they Because they don't even go in as a whole group. At, I think they go in as a group once. And then Charlie ends up going back by herself. And I think she goes back with somebody else. And then, like, they... They just keep going back in like weird different groupings until finally yeah. the whole group goes together and it's just like why? And then we keep having to like jump back and forth between oh well these four kids are over here doing this thing that's not very important and then this kid is over here doing this thing and then this kid is being terrorized by Dave or something and then the little brother is off fucking about doing whatever. You know, it's right. just like, I don't, re- and it's really hard to fi- like figure out the geography. Like, they're really bad about the geography of this place. Like, they are terrible yes, about explaining the yes. geography of this fucking location. I thought it was just me, but okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's not even. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad to know that. That that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> that it wasn't just me. Like, am I missing something? No, they, and it's, and it's weird. Cause like I said, I've, I've played a little bit of the games and I have like a basic understanding of like that map. But like, just the description of it in the book doesn't make there's it, there's not enough definition of where I can kind of visualize. Like I went with like okay, it kind of probably looks like a Chuck E. Cheese, but even then it's like right. There's no real like sense of space or where stuff actually is, and there's just like oh, there's a hallway over here, and there's a thing over here, and there's a door that goes down this way, and that leads into this secret room, and you're like what? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what I was trying to envision as well was how exactly is this place set up i mean i know it's been ages since i've gone into like a chuck e cheese showbiz (laughs) pizza type place right but but there's like supposed to be two stages and right and i'm thinking okay this is what would make sense right of as far as how you're describing it and then all of a sudden a few pages later there's something else and it's like wait no then that 
everything else that you've just said doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. As about as far as the layout goes. Yeah, the the layout and, is very House of Leaves. It, it is what it is, what it needs to be. And it you're trying to figure out where all of these monitors and security cameras yeah. are. And one, why do they even work anymore? But that's all right. Other, like this has, still has electricity. Wait, this place was supposedly. How long has it been holed up? I mean, right. it, you know, like, okay, there so, were so many questions. Yeah, it's like the kid died ten years ago, and you're all coming back to town for a for because they're dedicating a fucking like a scholarship, scholarship to him, right? Like. You're at 17. The high, when he would be graduating. Okay, I get oh, okay. that. Okay. But again, like, but, why are you coming back to town for this? Like, you're 17 years old? Like, why? Like, why yeah. Why would you do this? And then, why is this place just boarded up inside of a half-finished mall? Right. I mean, I get it's 1995. Like, they drill that shit home every chance they get to remind you it's 1995. <laughs> So you can't just go... Because there are many parts in this book where I was like, you know, they could have solved this shit with a cell phone. And it's like, oh, right, it's 1995. They don't have cell phones yet. Yeah. But yeah, and it's like it's just like, hey, man, this is the 90s. And I'm like, no, it just feels like middle of bumfuck nowhere America. And I also don't right. understand why anything is happening. There were just so many logistics that I that just kept popping up. Yeah. Like I said, the basic things of why is there still electricity in this place? And why are these things still, you know, right. It's like, does this Dave guy hang out around? Cause he's gotten this job conned his way into getting his job as a security guard for this kind of abandoned or half finished mall. Right. What does he just go there regularly? Like to hang out? Like, <laughs> like right. he somehow made like... sure it wasn't torn down. And they, 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 they I think in the, the first time they get in, they describe it being very difficult to get in. Exactly. So does like, why, why is Dave there? What, why, how did nobody figure out that he was, first of all, how did nobody figure out that he was behind any of this shit for this long? Right. Um, because, you know, Charlie was what, supposed to be three at the original location, I think. And then she's seven. Yeah. And then like, she's seven at the new one when the shit goes down. And then it's, it, oh, yeah. There's, there's a certain, the suspension of disbelief is one thing, but you're just. I just had so many questions. Yeah, there's, there's too and many there, questions. And, and then I kept, and then I kept saying to myself, why do I even care? Right? <laughs> like, it's front, like, you want to know because it's, you just, you have to understand. This question keeps popping up, or I thought I just answered that question in my head five minutes ago no wait you've just totally you haven't contradicted yourself mm-hmm. necessarily but you said something else that confuses and muddles this other thing that seemed to make sense then and no it, it doesn't it was, it was way too convoluted yeah it really is and it, like there was no reason for it to be like that i i feel like i was able to i filled in a lot of blanks just from having watched the 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 youtube series about these games so i kind of was able to fill in a lot of blanks of what some stuff was supposed to be i was like oh okay that makes sense in this case oh, okay this is this thing but that's really a bad way to write a book like yes it's really like that's like fan fiction level of shit like it's just like okay you're clearly writing to an audience who already knows this shit mm-hmm. and that's fine but it's just it's not 
it's not a good book. It's just not very good. Like it's poor. It's not well written, and the story's not very interesting. And yeah, I, I feel like I've had more entertainment from the from non people who have no idea what this franchise is about reading it and then yelling at me because they're confused. I've had more entertainment from that. <laughs> Demanding answers that I'm like, I don't fucking know. I, 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 think, I think you probably were right when you said he just powered through developing and putting out these games and then all of a sudden was like, hey, I bet I could capitalize on this if I had a book too. Which I found it interesting. It was published by Scholastic. Yep. I'm sorry, back in my days, Scholastic actually had some... It, it meant that a book was decently written. Right. You know, it's still age-appropriate writing, but a certain quality of writing. Yeah, this is... And for, for you to be putting out a horror book, even, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not gearing that towards elementary kids, sure. Right. But some of this writing in here would probably make more sense to an elementary child. Yeah. That's that's, a teenager who is your core audience that you're looking at. That's what really, really doesn't work about this book. It's so confused about what it, who its audience is. Right. Because it's written about teenagers, but it's written like it's meant for like elementary school kids. Right. Because I would have read, like I would have picked this up and probably like, eight or nine and been like all right mm-hmm. fine you know but i mean as an adult like i'm sitting here reading i'm like all right yeah i guess so i'm like but i'm like this like i remember like young adult horror novels being way more like putting way more into it than this one did like this felt like a bad goosebumps novel that just happened to have a movie you know or a game label slapped on it right and i think i think when you can say look at rl stein compared to this that's a because I, I, I had to keep reminding myself this who this is supposed to be written for, mm-hmm. okay, and what was I reading at that age? Right. And yeah, I did read some R.L. Stein, but it would that was infinitely scarier. There were it was darker yeah. and more just creepy. Yeah. This really didn't have much of that at all. No, it really doesn't, and it feels a lot like a. It it feels very much like a first novel in all of the worst ways. Yeah. So it's just yeah. It's not good. And I'm gonna read the second one. I'm gonna do it. Oh god. Okay, I'll let you tell me how that is, but yeah. I'm not gonna read it. I don't remember. I'm sorry, second. I can't no, I'm, I'm I can't not, commit I'm, I can't commit to that. I don't expect anybody to read any more of these books then <laughs> other than my own. <laughs> you've already you've already made two people <laughs> I know. read this one. Oh, my other friend got it for free because she's a librarian. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I actually paid money for this shit. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, June 27th, uh, The Twisted Ones is the sequel. Ugh. Uh, I just don't even know. I don't even know. I. Yeah, I, I've read worse things. That's what I also reminded myself. I've read worse things. Yeah. But the worst things that I've read have been written for adults. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so it, it's a little easier to just rip those apart than right. this where I'm like, should I give it some slack because it's supposed to be a young adult thing? But then I'm like, I've even read young adult things in the past few years, and I'm sorry. I mean, and, it, and I don't know, think that I feel like there's a decent story in here 
Like there's a there's right. a there's a solid story in here to be told. It's just covered in shit. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you had some good. You did have some good elements of a story. Yeah. Like you, you, you I, I mean, if they, like we said earlier, if they had done this as one night in the place, you know, if that's gonna, sure. if if you're gonna do the story about the place and you want to do the, if it's gonna be a monster book where the fucking animatronics go wild and it, we have the big spooky yeah. thing in the in the which is the fucking money which is why we're all reading this fucking book we want to we want to see i mean that that's that's what you that's that's what this is it, it's it's like a b movie that took itself way too seriously and front loaded the beginning with a bunch of bullshit nobody cares about to hide the fact that you get the monster in the full last five minutes it's like no that's not why we're here we want that th- like yeah, just fucking Put it in the put it in the in the building, and they get locked in somehow, and then they have to survive the night. There you go. Right. I mean, I and I totally see, I I see that it could be easily be even okay. Charlie and maybe you know one or two of them right. come there the first night to see if it's still there, and they get out and then tell the rest of them, and they all come back right one time, and then that's when they all get locked in and all this shit happens. Right. And I mean, and you the- know. The, the, that could work. That would work way better. And like with the and, and this is one of those things with the game, you play through five nights and each night gets progress- progressively more difficult. The big joke that everyone has been uh. making about those games ever since is why the fuck do you keep going back after the first night? You know, and it's yeah. like because you're you're playing a security guard and like at the end of the game you get your paycheck, and it's you know however much it is not much, but it's like oh hey, you made it like. Like that's the big question. Like, why do you keep going back after the first night? After the first night, when you've actually seen these things walking around, and mm-hmm. had them like actually poke, you know, peering in at you, and have been a, a somewhat threat within the first, like the first, the first level is obviously very easy, but right, like from a rational point of view, why the fuck do you go back the next day? Well, <laughs> put it in Scooby Doo logic, okay. Where they the gang goes to the haunted amusement park or whatever, right. <laughs> and they're there one night and they see something weird going on and they're like, "Hmm, let's go back and try to investigate this further." That's why I'm saying, okay, sure, be there for a short while, see something that's maybe questionable, right. like as a teaser, and then when you have they want to have their few more people, whatever, in the cast, <laughs> yeah. you know, then you guys go back. And then that's when everything happens. Yeah, and and that's and it, that's why like it just doesn't make sense why the cast is so big that you don't kill anybody off. Yeah, because so, exactly. So much of these like there's so many elements in this book that telegraph a completely different idea that than the, what actually happens. Because it's like oh we're opening up with a big ass cast of teenagers, and we know that this book involves you know we know that something's going to happen to them. I mean the first couple pages we know there's something attack chasing after charlie in the arcade so it's like okay well we have right. a whole bunch of kids someone's gonna die fucking yeah are there are there like eight of them something like that six or seven yeah including charlie oh. and the little brother um and then yeah they keep they just keep going back and it's like okay i i get it like the Five Nights name was was kind of cute and funny, and it's kind of a, an amusing, an amusing element to the game because like you know you keep going back, which is obviously a silly thing to do. 
but we don't which actually... makes sense if you're a security guard right if you put it in that point of view sure it makes sense right but this it doesn't make sense kids. for the kids to keep going back right why do they keep going like what are they really getting out of that place going back more than like the... okay i can understand like the first night they get scared out something you know i don't remember what happened i think that i think dave showed up or something i don't remember now exactly what happened yeah but they got chased out so okay you got chased out that makes sense but much past going in like a second time, there's no reason to keep going back. No, there's literally no not. reason to go back. It's just like okay, it's an empty fucking place, you know. Oh yeah, yeah the little brother saw you know ghostly movements on the the drawings, but that's never brought up again. Yeah, what is? <laughs> thank you for bringing that up because I was like, what is the point of mentioning this? I it it's spooky. It was mentioned multiple times, but. There was no payoff. There was no reason. There was no. It was just. Yeah, I, yeah. I just. What was really the point of doing it? Yeah, that's that's I, that's a big a big problem with this book is that it doesn't know. It doesn't know whether to go full on with the it. It tries like you said. It does do it on the one hand. It's being supernatural. On the other, it's being realistic, and it's like, fucking, balance that properly, like. Give us a right. payoff with the supernatural stuff instead of just, oh yeah, the, I've, you're, I'm your dead friend, and I've somehow harnessed the power to control the rest of these dead kids to defeat the guy. Because reasons. Right. 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 Because the power of love and magic or some such bullshit. The power of friendship. Right. He's a fucking Care Bear or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. They're they're a bunch of Care Bears. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. I I my friend wanted me to try and rewrite it and make it better, and I almost did, but I was like, I don't really want to dedicate that much time to this terrible novel. <clears throat> but it yeah, it's it's entertaining. I found it entertainingly bad. The more I think about it, the more frustrating it is when I actually start to like be critical about it. Cause I'm like, no, that was really shitty. Why did I enjoy that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does that say about you? But just, I, I don't know. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I, I think it was just. I think I was being propelled by how like just. It's such an easy read because it's just. Well, I mean, once you get past that first chapter, that first chapter is fucking terrible. But like once you once it gets going, it gets going, and it's like all right, it's an easy read because it's just like you just kind of glaze the like glaze over, as it just rolls on. You're like all right. All right, that doesn't that, that what doesn't make a whole lot. Okay, fine. You know, and like the the questions start to stack up in the back of your head, and then like it feels like it's going to pay off in the end, and then it just doesn't. And then it's just like, in no in no way do, is there a payoff. In no way is there a yeah. payoff. And it's just like okay, wh- if, wh- all right, well that's done. Like that's a book that I've read. <clears throat> so I don't know. I I I. I have a weird hope that the second one will give some kind of closure. Maybe I I don't know. Maybe I. But I, how? I, but then, uh, how many books does he have in his mind? Are you? I mean, you know, that's would he try to do match the amount of games? As you know, like say there are five six games and do five six books. I mean, oh, it's uh, how would you carry it out? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it, that hurts my brain to even just bring up that question. And well, that's that's kind of what has me intrigued about the second the second novel. 
you know, because it's called the Twisted Ones, right. and the the cover shows the the exoskeleton. Right. And that's kind of interesting because the exoskeletons showed up a lot more in the marketing of the last game, Sister Location. Okay. Um, which is its own weird change of stuff, and there's more. There's a whole lot more weird uh, paranormal shit in that one that happens. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of interesting. I didn't play that one. I've actually only watched... Um, I've watched other people play it, and I've watched the, the Game Theory guy did a video about it. So that's kind of interesting. So I'm I'm intrigued to see if he draws that stuff into the second novel and how it's going to work. Right. Because he's already... The, the, the supernatural element is so loose in the first book and so unfleshed out that it, I don't... I have no. I literally have no idea where the fuck he's gonna go with this sequel, and that's kind of why I want to read it, because it's gonna be batshit. Yeah. Because this 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 book just, this one ends so anticlimactically. Like the last page is literally just a like a dream. I think if I'm remembering correctly, like it's just like a weird, like she's remembering her dad or something. Right. And I'm actually gonna look, and I have to. I have to look. Drive me fucking crazy. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I could see if there was a book or something that's much more that goes more into the supernatural and about these whatever animatronics, ex- exoskeleton type things. That could that could be more interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't. I don't know. It, the characters here. I I would not care anything that happens to them in the future. No. I just really I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Okay, so here's the here's the description of the of the second book. It's been a year since the horrific events at uh, the, the pizzeria, and Charlie is just trying to move on. Even in the excitement of a new school and a fresh start, she's still haunted by nightmares of a mass murder and four gruesome animatronic puppets. Okay. Uh, Charlie thinks her ordeal is over, but when a series of bodies are discovered near her school bearing wounds that are disturbingly familiar, she finds herself drawn back into the world of her father's frightening creations. Something twisted is hunting Charlie, and this time, it, this time if it finds her, it's not letting her go. Yeah, so, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care I'm, enough for Charlie, I just don't. Yeah. And it's... I'm... I'm what What new school? What new school? She, did, she didn't move... Uh, in, she didn't yeah. move back to Tornado. No, and wasn't... I, I got kind of felt like she was... Unless she's going to college. High school. Right, yeah. yeah. So, unless she's either going back... Why would you describe it that way? I mean, why wouldn't you say, off at college? You yeah. know, like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. oh, it's gonna be sister location. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be bad. It'll be real bad. <laughs> it's just gonna be. There's gonna be a lot. It's just gonna be me tweeting, fucking awful things from that book when I read it, and Instagramming passages to prove they're as bad as I say they are. Yeah. Oh, good lord. All right. Then well, I hmm? then I start thinking about like if you're talking about Blumhouse has rights for like a movie. Yes. God, what the fuck are they gonna do with that? Like, the simplest, ugh. honestly, the simplest way that they could pull this off. And make a decent fucking movie. 
is that you just avoid you making a monster movie. Very simple. Either you do you you run with the security guard or hell. Yeah. You begin the movie with a security guard who, you know, is quitting or something. Or whatever right. it is. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, something's crazy going on. And then, you know, just have it be an open place. And then, you know, some kids break in at night or something. Or it closes or it's closed down already. Have yeah. some kids break in because, oh, it's a haunt. You know, say it's haunted. They Obviously it is. They're being chased by yeah. animatronics. Boom, there you go. It's a monster movie. It makes perfect sense. You can do, it'll make a shitload of money on name value alone. And because right. Blumhouse fucking does banana money, they fucking put... They make movies for like they know how ten dollars. Yeah, they make a movie for ten bucks and make ten million off it. So yeah, and it's got a it's got a name value. So if they get it out soon yeah. enough, and if it's at least watchable, it'll get a sequel. Christ, Ouija got a sequel. So there'll be a second. There'll probably be a second FNAF movie, and they can you know actually yeah. dump all the backstory shit in that. Mm, maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't I, know. They they need to strike all the iron hot because I'm feeling like it's uh the whole FNAF craze is coming to an end. Yeah. So. Uh, so that was a book that we read that I made Vanessa read, and it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it was entertaining. Just, uh, yeah, it was. Again, it wasn't completely awful, yeah. but it was. It it was a. Uh, it wasn't really much of any payoff. No. There wasn't really any payoff. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, what the hell are we doing on the next episode? I don't know. I I think this time I'm going to have to let you pick the movie and I'll pick the book. Okay. Cool. It'll I think a, it's only fair. <laughs> it'll be a surprise. Listeners yeah. will find out when the next episode comes, when the second episode comes out. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, shortly. Because yep. I want to start reading soon. Yeah, but. that's a good idea. Alright, cool. Um, okay. So yeah, that has been... Our incredibly odd first episode of the VD Clinic. Um, I don't know. There may be some structure later at some point. Who knows? We'll we'll get our act a little yeah. bit more together. I mean, uh, we'll figure it out. We've just been. It's been. It's been just a challenge enough to get us to get uh, time to record together. I know, right. Um, damn work for both of us. Yeah. Uh, so. So. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Vanessa, where can people find you? On the interwebs. I, I am on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Nitty Monkey Girl. That's K N I T T Y M N K Y G R R L. Because I can only buy one vowel. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, um, I'm on Twitter at uh, at D Delamorte. Yeah, at D Delamorte. Um. Yes, my name on Twitter right now is Bjorn Ragnick, Ragnikok. Don't ask; it's amazing. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I believe it's also. I believe Instagram is. Uh, Instagram is David Delamorte. That will be in the show notes. If you guys are interested in following us. Um. Yeah. Uh, this will be. We'll be doing these about once a month or so. Um, trying. Trying to, depending on scheduling and nonsense like that um but yeah so thank you for listening if you guys have suggestions for um themes or stuff you want us to watch or read um harass us on twitter that'll be a way to do it 
<laughs> Maybe we'll have a we'll have a Twitter for the show at some point too, and an email address. We just haven't done that yet. Yeah, I'm the Again. worst producer. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Okay. Vanessa, say good night to the people. Good night to the people. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Las Vegas, the one, the only, Andrew Cover! You have to learn to love our loving Turn around and say you can You have to learn to give by giving Give me a picnic love affair We'll watch the shooting stars go crazy a definite maybe Should we walk into the wind? Walk into the wind Maybe fall when autumn falls Let's walk into the wind Learn to touch by touching Touch me, touch me if you dare We'll reach the end of the beginning